And then I quit in February and have never looked back. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's like burnout territory. It's, I mean, yeah. well, I think it was about 6,000 hours in two years. Yeah, no, that'll do it to you, man. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll do, do it, it to you. you. Sure. Welcome to the Well Played DLC Podcast, Australia's juiciest gaming podcast. I am Zach Jackson, joined by Nathan Hennessy. Hello, welcome back. James Wood. Howdy. Jordan Garcia. Hello there. And joining us for the very first time, a very special guest, the great man, Ralph. Hello, everyone. What's happening? What's crack-a-lacking? <laughs> Why? Uh, we just, why, are you laughing at uh, the fact that you dodged my last name because it's too risky? I, I love that. Is it, it is, too ethnic it for you to pronounce, Zach? Is that <laughs> what it is? Do you have a problem not, with me, ethnic can names? Can you not say Panabianco? I'm sorry. Wow. Panabianco. Okay. I didn't know I was entering that sort of space. I would have come better prepared. <laughs> yes. Look, sorry. I just don't like Italians. Wait till Chris slave. Pratt hears about that, okay? He won't stand <laughs> for it. Mate, I, uh, I, I support Carlton in the, uh, in the AFL. I'm basically Italian. Myself, I don't know so. what that means because I'm from Sydney no and I don't follow <laughs> sports ball at all, okay? Well, I very, so I don't uh, fucking care or know or understand. It's like when people have mention their... Ligon in- Street? Ligon Street? Yes, is I've heard of Ligon Street. You've got me, yep. Which is in Carlton. So yep. Okay, right so you go. We're all good now. Is that because Ligon's got a lot of Italian eateries? It does. Yeah, which is go. where, obviously, yeah. Wow, that's know, really like a stretch. A, <laughs> no, so, well, there's a lot of, well, there's a lot of history with uh, Italians and with the Colton Football Club, so. Oh, I didn't know. The, 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 the country yeah. of Italy actually started on Ligon Street. <laughs> I believe <it>. that. <laughs> um, I think, it's, I think yeah. that's accurate. I think my great-grandparents immigrated from there, yeah. That's right. From Ligon Street, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. Fresh off the boat from Ligon Street. <laughs> they were eating good. <laughs> Uh, no, but it's uh, great great to have you here. Uh, if you don't know who uh, Ralph is or if you don't recognize the voice, he is uh, Skill Up. So thank you for joining us. Uh, you're here to talk about a very big game that uh, you've finally got your hands on, Early Access mm. 2. But before we get started, uh, how's everybody else doing, by the way? Ooh, I feel much better <laughs> yeah. after a couple of weeks of... Pa- well, they call it. They call- I only learned this this year, Pax Pox. Apparently this is a... A term yeah. that's been going around for a while mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. Yep. So, I caught it. Yeah, I oh mean, I got a vicious dose. I had two infections. It uh, started in the uh, chest, moved to the lungs. I couldn't breathe for a while. They had to prescribe me an inhaler. See, that Pax Pox took me down. I, I know that feeling. But uh, I bounced back today. I'm, I'm chipper. I'm so excited to be with you all again. Mm. How was Pax, by the way, other than the pox? Oof. I only saw one day of it because uh, <laughs> okay. me being a scrub, I was drinking a lot on an empty stomach, like no rookie Sick. should, and uh, I didn't make it to Saturday or Sunday. I was bed wow, bound, two day hangover. Not. So these Holy guys shit. feel a lot better than me. Jesus! Mm. And how many beers? How much did you drink? Oh, it was a two days. Event. They were offering free booze for hours, and I was just like, "Well, I, I like a challenge, free alcohol. Let's go." <laughs> um, no, that it wasn't well played at all. No, nah, Pax mm. was good though. It was fun. Uh, yeah, good, good I, to be back. A, a little bit light on, but yeah. I heard there were basically like no booths there. Is that an exaggeration to say that? That's like no video game booths, not big ones. No, no. Yeah. Okay. There was basically one, uh, like area where they had like Street Fighter Six, uh, and Sonic? then they had a, n- n- another one here yeah, with Sonic and Alone in the Dark. 
Mm. Uh, and that's basically what Alone in the Dark was well, just a video playing. It's not playable yet, right? No, it was playable. Yeah, I think Alone in the Dark was playable. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, they uh, just put the character in the dark yeah. room by themselves. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure because mm. they mm. asked me if I wanted to come in and play. I think, I think so anyway, weird. unless I, I was drunk at that time. But no, <laughs> I, I definitely, uh, I'm pretty sure that that was a thing. Uh, I think it was very, very small, like a very, very tiny. Yeah. Hands on. Oh wait, no, that's, um, that's okay. Um, but no, it was good because uh, I think it, it gave more of a spotlight on the indies, and there were tons of good stuff there. So there was a lot of indies, uh, a lot of good quality yeah. too. Mm. Yeah, the indie stuff is always the best. I love cruising the indie section at um, PAX, just hanging out with people and they're like, hey, I made this. And you're like, dude, this was this is awesome. And they're like, thanks. Mm. You know, It's just it's a nice yep. interaction to have. It's, it's yeah, it's because we always just like yell into microphones. <laughs> we're like, we're like, Gotham Knights sucks. But it's actually cool to speak to people <laughs> that actually like make games and, you know. Like, that was last week's episode, actually. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's nice to speak to people who make games and they're like you know mm. and they're proud of them and you enjoy them and just have that connection i always love that so i remember we spoke briefly but did you say that you played dredge or you were going no to? that was on my list i didn't have yeah. any time because i i actually love the next fests but this is release season and it's so brutal i mean i just haven't slept in four or five weeks really and so the steam next fest was unfortunately the thing i had to cut from my schedule so i have the demo of dredge still installed on my machine it's still mm. a plan to play it but unfortunately i've not touched it yeah that was like james that was your standout yeah. at that oh, and was dark real, web dark web streamer uh, and dredge yeah, dark yeah web two of the fantastic ones. you want to talk about like going there to actually just get to hang out with the people that are making them like getting to just stand there and talk to like almost like a single creator about dark web streamer mm. and have her just be like this is this is my baby for the past however many years um it's a real good ship yeah i actually found out about that somehow was it you that told me about dark web streamer zach i think you might have maybe yeah. maybe but i don't know i've got that downloaded as well because i don't know just heard mm. good things about it so yeah yeah it's definitely i think that was uh ks's that that was his favorite thing i know, I know mm. that kv uh he also quite enjoyed it. i didn't didn't get to play it but uh, keen to check it out at some point. Um, all right, let's uh, move forward. Video games. Jordan, I want to talk to you because you've finished A Plague Tale Requiem last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. I, I just <laughs> wanted to make that, that back known. This is how the conversation uh, works, Jordan. What, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I did. what did uh, you What did you think? Because I know that you had, uh, yeah, like your message was like, yeah, wow, that ending. So It was... I was really surprised by it because it's an ending that you see coming and it still takes you. It like still catches you off guard because you're like, I see it coming, but not to that extent. Um, mm. And I, I try to dance around spoiling it, obviously, because we'll have a spoiler cast for it. But we will. Uh, it was just a, a very, a very competent ending, and I mean that in the best way possible because there are a lot of games that they pace themselves as well as a Plague Tale Requiem does, but then fumble the ending. Whereas this just, it ties it and caps it off really neatly. Hmm. How did you, because you played it probably, what, a few days after launch. How was your performance? Because I know, Ralph, you played on PC. Absolutely. And it was <laughs> pretty ratchet. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I kept my frame. I normally don't keep my frame counter on for like single play story game. But I was like, I have to see how low this goes. And with uh, 5900X and a 3080, I got to 20 frames. Can I ask a quick yeah. question? Do, is is there any? Do, do we foresee this game improving with a couple of patches performance-wise, or this is this is it? Mm, no. Oh no dear. Way. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, you can really tell how deeply it's baked into... It's really about their reach, I think. They've yep. just gone for so much visual fidelity, so much draw distances, so so much draw distance, so many characters on screen and during those so village scenes or whatever, and mm. so many rats. Like <laughs> it's not a, it's not like a temporary thing. Like Gotham Knights, you're like, eh, you can polish this up. It's gonna get better, and I think it will. Versus this one, you're like, nah, this is this is fucked yeah. for good. Like this it's, is gonna stay like this. Yeah, so. it's an issue of scale. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm. Sure. I'll mentally prepare yeah. myself for that. Yeah. I think my biggest disappointment was uh, because it uses Nvidia's DLSS 3.0. Some of the stuff in DLSS 3 is just botched. Like sometimes the character models are just completely smudged, which is a, a bit of a shame because that was but the I mean, best you... way to get playable frame rates. Well, I mean, I played it on a 4090 as well. You don't need three DLSS 3 for that. You you can really get away with just two. You just need a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but like it basically, it'll run at 100 frames a second on DLSS with DLSS 2 at 4K on max, you know. However, ray tracing is not on yet. So, um, DLSS 3, I'm finding at this point with all my testing, it's still an indulgence in the sense that you're really just pushing yourself up from like 100 frames to 150 or 150 to 300 or whatever. It's not needed, you know. And so, it's it's a really nice feature. It's cool, but I just, I still well, think it's overkill. So, the DLSS definitely has the biggest impact for like more mid-range computers rather than high high end because it's basically just saying you can make the game look better while still having the higher frames of a higher end pc nice uh anybody else played anything that they want to talk about that isn't for uh, content well on topic i've been trying to screw my way through plague tale innocence now that you know we're all talking that's oh, man that's the game of the minute, it seems. It seems to be the one getting a lot of positive... No, vibe. Requiem is not Innocence. Sorry, Requiem, <laughs> but I'm playing Innocence. But, you know, like I'm prepping myself for Requiem, right? Uh, so I'm about 13 chapters in, so I think I'm working my way towards the ending. Like, there's definitely been a few twists and turns with regards to the main character's parents and stuff like that. So that's quite interesting. Um, I'm not digging Hugo. I find him a, a bit of a wet fart of a character. Like, he's definitely sort of relegated to the sidelines. But Amicia, I think, is the main character. I find her really mm. endearing uh, as, as a character. I, I, I'm very much around her. Um, and I think this this latter half of the game is the part of the game I've enjoyed the most. Like, now you've got a full arsenal. I feel like I'm better equipped for what the game throws at me, whereas in the first half of the game, there's so many stealth sections. And if you put a foot wrong, you're pretty much marred with an insta-death. And I found that really frustrating. Like, every time I'd alert it's a guard... Easy, though. Well, it is, but, you know, it like, was just little things. <laughs> it was usually deaths related to little things. Like, you know, I've, yeah. I've walked one way and the character, uh, you know, I've created a distraction. He decided to look behind him rather than in front of him, and now I'm dead. Um, but now I can, you know, you can knock their helmets off and cap them out. That's, you know, now I'm feeling a bit more stronger as a character. I'm enjoying it a lot more, and um, particularly when you get all the tools to deal with the rats, the little tornado rats. That was a fun twist. So, yeah, I'm digging it. I'm, I'm trying to pump myself up for a Requiem. Hopefully, I'll jump into that later this week. Uh, keen to see what you think of the ending of of Innocence. Mm, uh, okay. Given, given that you yeah. mentioned tornadoes. so Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, now you got me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, anybody else played anything for uh, they, that they want um, to talk I'll, about? I'll, I'll push my usual Destiny 2 Division 2 buttons. Gross, disgusting. Ew, imagine how cringe. Yeah, imagine Yuck. playing Destiny 2. Imagine right? playing either of those games. That yeah. is so sad. Nah, get, get you don't know, know that other games exist at this point? Come on, man. I'm just getting I'm getting close to having all my day one sets for Lightfall ready. 
for the Lightfall raid. Sure. Excited. Did you did you do get day one Kingsfall? Uh no, not Kingsfall. I did it during contest, but not day one. Okay. Sure. Wait. Contest only ran for day one on Kingsfall. Then I guess I did day. I didn't keep track of it. I was just right. my friends were just like, "Do you know the Kingsfall?" I was like, "Sure." Okay, right. So, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I just got the King Slayer this week, actually, which is like the title for getting all the challenges done and whatever. So, nice. tick. Never need to go back to Kingsfall now, but I will because it's super fun and I love Kingsfall. Damn, I was joking. Challenges. When I said I hated <laughs> Destiny, I was joking, by the way. I play Destiny. So, I was just throwing you guys off, just so you know. The fact you're going for titles, that's hardcore, man. Yeah. Uh, I really, it's, it's funny. Like, I was talking to my friend about this. Um, Oh, a little while ago. Actually, the other day, he's a content creator. His name is Jez. He's a Destiny content creator. Oh, Jez. And I'm like, you know Jez? Not personally, but I do watch his oh, right. content. <laughs> yeah, he's really funny. He's super cool. And um, I'm like, you have to kind of like choose a live service game, right? You can't play them all. You can't fucking <laughs> go, I want to do a little bit of Final Fantasy, a little bit of Apex. Like, you kind of have to choose one. And so I have... Cho Cho chosen Destiny 2 and um, it's been nice because that's the decision I made probably like I've always played it always loved it for sure but that decision to really sort of say okay this is the live service game that I will play when I have some spare time that's been quite liberating because it's really allowed me to focus and so like cool I will get some titles because this is a live service game that I'm committing to you know um, it does mean that I do miss out on things like Final Fantasy 14 which I'd love to play but you know you just have to prioritize man I mean you know I, that was a fax this has to be done yeah, they always do a great booth presence at PAX. They always do like shout casting of the raids and all that sort of shit, and it's always really fun. Man, that, that was such a like, that was such a depressing mental resignation. Place. How's that? <laughs> what you re- you consigning yourself to the one life service game? Because I know that in my heart, this is the one thing that so many of us have to face, and I haven't yet accepted sure. that. Yeah, no, totally. It's so like that. I mean, look, you can dabble and play a little bit of this and that, but to really, it's I find fulfilling. maximize. I think that's it. You know, like because you never really getting that far in any of them. And if they're a competitive mm. game like Apex or whatever, you're just no. going to log on, get your ass handed to you and log off sad, you know? So I do think that making that decision was really nice and helped me kind of enjoy Destiny even more than I was doing so before because I know a lot of people are experiencing a lot of burnout right now for Destiny. Yeah. So, yeah. If it wasn't Destiny, what would it be? Uh, I'd probably say Final Fantasy I'd probably say Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, I'd probably okay. say. Choice. I still have I'm not finished the expan- the latest expansion yet, but I really loved when I was playing that and yeah. uh Fortunately, yeah. with Final Fantasy XIV, you can just kind of play it as a single-player RPG and yeah. ignore mm, every other live service element of it, which is what I did. I just smashed that thing out in like six months and was like, that was beautiful and I could move on with my life now. Yeah. Um, I'm just forever going to be paying that subscription because I don't cancel things like an idiot. <laughs> I, I, I made the big mistake of going for all the ultimate raids. Oh, boy. Oh, man. No. Did you do them? I did do them. I beat them oh, all. Oh, wow. That's I got every wild. Sing- I got every single ultimate weapon. What a game all right here. <laughs> and, right then here I, right now. and then I quit in February and have never... Never looked back. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's like burnout territory. It's, I mean, yeah. I think it was about six thousand hours in two years. Jeez. Yeah, that'll do it to you, man. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll do, do it to you. Mm. Sure. All righty. Um, all right, Ralph. I got a question for you. So you and I have spoken. You've made fun of me about uh, the day before. Now I want to get your opinion. Oh man, <laughs> you guys all caught up on the day before. By the way, I've been roasting this guy in the chat for months about the day before. Oh, he, he loves thinks it. it's a real. He thinks it's a real video game, and I'm like, bro, it's not a real video game. Just trust me on so that, okay? He, he cops it. One of our one of our big uh, big fans, buddy. He and I have a bet. Uh, hmm. The bet is that uh, the day before will release before Factions Two or whatever that game is. Who are you gonna? Last of Us Factions. Oh, right. Sure. Online. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Right. 
Uh, no, I think I do believe that. Um, first, baby. I, I do believe that uh, the day before will release before then. I, I would I'd be almost certain, but it'll be like eight percent of what was promised in all those fucking trailers and all that sort of shit. And eight percent's really generous. <laughs> it's just not going to be remotely no close to that. It's going to be such a clusterfuck. It's going to be so funny to watch it. Oh my god. Doesn't so uh, yeah, I'll I'll take the other side of that bet gladly. Doesn't Dead Island Two also have a release date again that looked like was never going to happen? Yeah, but that's got that's February now. It's pretty firm. Yeah, yeah. And they so saw the trailer. Of the game. There, there you go, Zach. It's came. releasing after a game that's lived in development hell for how long? Yeah, true. That's true, the only true. games I play now. They've got to come out of development hell. All right, uh, let's talk. All right, content. Who? Uh, okay, sorry. Um, I'll start it because I got two very quick things to talk about. I did a. I played about an hour and a bit of the Dark Pictures. The Devil in Me. Uh, do we all know what the dark pictures are? Yeah, everyone does. If you don't, it's the, it's the Supermassive's little um, uh, horror games that they make, like their formula, like Until Dawn and all those. And the quarry, yeah, the, these are ones that are set on, uh, based upon like real events or myths or real people. And The Devil in Me, which is the fourth one, and the final one in, in the season one series. Uh, is based on H.H. H. Holmes, the first American serial, serial killer. So in this game, it's set in the modern day and you uh, you play as a TV production crew who are filming a documentary series and basically the money's run out. The production crew's kind of fucked. Their series is flopping. Uh, but then some random calls them and goes, hey, I've got the perfect setup. I've got a replica of H.H. Uh, H. Holmes's like murder castle. It's on an island come film and check it out and, you know, success. And they're like, yeah. That's yep. so funny. <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds perfect. so funny. I've got a replica murder castle on an island. <laughs> Want to yeah. come hang out? We've never met before, by the way. Yeah, man, sign me up. we got no money, so we're totally down for that idea. Honestly, this sounds like uh, how the day before was funded. Yeah. And anyway, well, there you go. So uh, that's basically it. They all go there. And then old mate, whose name's like Dumet or something, uh, he doesn't rock up to dinner and then one like one of the girls is like, oh, no, he left the island. And uh, then, yeah, so then basically you start ex- exploring this castle or this hotel. Uh, Atmosphere-wise, it's very, very cool. Uh, I do like this premise a lot. Uh, maybe that's all the Netflix, like, TV murder documentaries I've been watching, but I'm, I'm definitely, uh, this is one of the better uh premises that they've had the first couple were fine uh, i didn't mind i really liked the third one uh, but this one's also very cool but yeah atmosphere is very good same kind of concept you play as five different characters they all interact with one another all their relationships you can uh the dialogue choices you can you can play with them and make people dislike one another but it's clear that there's a bit of tension between the team uh owner's a bit of a prick um but yeah like your first task is to go and find a pack of cigarettes uh, and you and you kind of get to explore this this hotel, uh, and every, every character's got their own like little uh, ability that relates to their role in the crew. So the owner, for example, he's got a super thick uh, business card. Uh, in my preview, I said that uh, this card has an embossed finish. Uh, it would even impress Patrick Bateman, uh, but he can actually use that to uh, lock pick. So it's it's thick enough to sort of pick locks and stuff. Uh, the cameraman has a camera and you can take pictures of, of evidence. The sound designer, or sorry, the sound engineer has like a microphone and, and, and headphones that she can hear through walls. 
uh, and the uh, the tech has got like a multimeter that you can power fuses and stuff. So the about hour and ten minutes that I played, that sort of gave you like a bit of a sampling of all the bits and pieces that they've they're doing with this one. So there's increased uh, movement, so you can run, which looks fucking hilarious. Like they're like flappy legs kind of thing. Like like when they run, uh, you can vault. Uh, yeah, you can vault. You can reach areas that you, that you normally can't. And there's also um, the uncharted sort of style where you can move. So in one of the sections, I had to move uh, like a bookcase in like a library, move it between two broken floorboards, go up a ladder, jump on top of the um, uh, the other bit of the landing, pull the pull the ladder down, go back around, move the ladder bit again, move it. So and then yeah, then back back up that ladder, and then I jumped over. And whatnot. So yeah, the only thing I don't not sure about with those bits is whether they're going to simply pad out areas of the game because that section did feel a little bit long because I was kind of fucking around with this, you know, moving this uh, this bookcase. And then uh, yeah, you kind of all meet up for dinner. Old mate doesn't show up, and then everyone's a bit pissed off, a bit a bit uh, hangry. So you go fuck it, let's go film a documentary. And then the saw influencers come into it. So uh, yeah, you basically run into this room and the there's a person like in in, in front of you, uh, Bill Bill sack Bill sack Bill sack whatever Bill it is sack. like it's got a potato sack whatever uh, <gasps> on their head and there's a big like axe thing coming from the roof and uh, old mate goes and uh, the owner goes up and inspects it a bit closer and he actually steps on this like pressure plate and he goes to step back and it's clear that obviously if he steps back off the plate the axe is going to go right through him um and yeah that's pretty much where the uh the preview kind of finishes you the game forces you off that pressure plate and it kills this this guy uh you do have an option whether you want to attack the guy i think uh or just because he cuts your face um yeah and i was like i'm gonna be i'm I'm gonna be tough i'm gonna i'm gonna take it um but now he he stepped back. But there's another scene a bit earlier where like all the lights are out. This is the girl with the the sound engineer. So you're kind of following these sounds and you go into this other room uh, and all the lights go out, the power goes out and there's a stranger there who's dressed up as H.H. H. Holmes. Uh, not creepy at all. Yeah, he basically grabs you. You're suffering from, you're having an asthma attack and you can either attack him or take the puffer from his hand. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> I can, the smart option is the one that's, you know, the safe option. So I took the puffer. All good. Got got a puff. He left, and here we are. No, but it uh, looks looks very very cool. Uh, I think these games have gotten better every time they're kind of released. This premise here is definitely very cool, and I'm I'm, I'm keen to see how the saw stuff plays plays out gameplay wise, and how much agency and freedom you kind of have, because obviously one of the big parts of these games is you can kill, or everyone can live. So, you know, keen to see how. Everyone dies, pretty much. <laughs> I really wonder if these games are like commercially successful or not, because I know they've made two of them now, and it's kind of no one talks about them ever. You know, well, I don't know. I'm obviously, is, horror this is games yeah, is the fourth. fourth. Holy shit! Fourth and final I mean, horror <laughs> games is its own like yeah. subset of thing, like, and I get it. There's mm. YouTube channels and like, fandoms and whatever. It's a very devoted clique. But at the same time, in the popular mainstream, no one ever talks about these games. And I do wonder, mm. like, to go four deep, it's like, I really hope this is working out for these guys. Well, yeah, they've, they're making a couple of series, I think. But they also just keep shitting them out. Like, The Quarry, 
Well, I mean, I was going to say the quarry, the quarry achieved like some level that, of oh, definitely. recognition. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It definitely broke through that. But this devil, what is it? The the Dark Dark Magic series. It just yeah. seems they're keeping on it. Where again, it's just it doesn't seem to be achieving any cut through. Nah, there's a little bit more budget, I guess. Yeah. Right. I was going to ask, is the tone of the Dark Pictures games sort of in keeping with like the quarry in terms of, is it kind of that goofy writing and voice acting intentionally cheesy? Like what are they going for? No. So it's, it's less, it's more slasher stuff rather than like the teeny kind of vibe. Um, Still like a little bit of that sort of stuff to it, but it's not as, yeah, not as down that path. It's more, not, not say serious, but yeah, it's more mature horror if you want to use that term. It's you know, so this one's inspired by Saw, the previous one, which was uh, House of Ashes, was inspired by like Alien or Predator or some shit like that, or the Cave. If you've if you ever watched that fucking banger, <laughs> no, not I mean, the Cave. The sorry, The Descent. I was going to say The yeah. Descent. Thank you. Phenomenal film. Yeah, Cave's <laughs> the fucking wish version of The Descent. Cave's actually sure right. I, <laughs> I think I've got that in my uh, Discord. Oh, anyway, the binder, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Let, yeah, I'm, I'm keen. Quick I'm, question I'm for you there, Zach. Uh, so. Small detail that you mentioned there. Uh, I'll just preface it by saying I've kind of bounced off super massive games, games mm. generally because I, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a little impatient with the fact that your characters just kind of trudge through stages. They just kind of walk slowly. Mm. And I get impatient. You mentioned... I think what you can run in this. Is this the first one that you can run in? Correct. Small so detail. A, yeah, this is a little feature that they've added for this. You can move faster. It's uh, so innovative. But it looks... In a horror game. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's so hilarious. Uh, and it looks... Yeah. It, it looks funny. Anim, animatically or animation-wise, it's, uh, it looks... Yeah, it's... They like kind of flat their legs at the back. Um, <laughs> so it's, good. It's a bit. I want to um, look up a clip a, now and see it. Yeah, hopefully I probably haven't oversold it, but um, <laughs> but I'm still keen. The, the other thing is, uh, like, I don't not really vibe in the cast that that much. No one's really normally in, in these games. You kind of dislike, you know, three people, but there's two there's two people that you kind of go, no, they're all right. But here, do you think the cast yeah. could be saved by the inclusion of Billy Zane's The Phantom? Oh, definitely, just come in and punch with that big ring. Leave a nice big <laughs> skull print. Anyway, uh, second thing I'll even quickly want to talk about is Bramble the Mountain King. I was, should have a preview up, but I haven't because um, lazy. But this is a game from uh, Dim Frost Studio and Merge Games, uh, and it is like a almost like a side-scrolling uh, horror platformer kind of thing. Um, oh, the blurb on on Steam is. Uh, Bramble the Mountain King is a grim adventure set in a world inspired by dark Nordic fables. You know how I love my Nordic and uh, subtitles on on Netflix. Uh, explore the beautiful yet dangerous and twisted land of Bramble in your endeavor to rescue your sister. Traverse a wondrous landscape and survive deadly encounters with Bramble's many hideous creatures. Uh, so I got to play about 20 minutes of this. Looks phenomenal. Looks amazing. Like very, very beautiful. Very like picturesque and very fairy tale. Uh, and... You kind of start off this this little. Well, I thought it was like a normal human, but it's like a little tiny little person, um, and yeah, you basically wander through this like forest for a little bit, jump over a pond, and there's this fucking beast in this in this pond, which you kind of got to like a set piece kind of run from, and uh, then you fall into a. What do you fall into the cave first? I can't remember anyway, but you fall into a cave at some point, and there's like a light, and you got to like light the way and. Um, just basically just platform over certain parts and 
the soundscape is very, very cool. It's very like haunting and um, yeah, like when you're outside in like the in like the lush kind of forest, it's it's real nice and almost like Sigur Rossi. Uh, kind of, it's kind of reminds me of Roki a little bit. Art style completely different, but um, the style in which it kind of is because there's these little dudes like I can't remember the name of it. They're like Scandinavian folklore little gnome things with like red hats and shit. Uh, like they're about. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I'm very, very keen to see how this one plays out. No release date yet. I think it's next year, from what I'm told. But it was only, it was only 20 minutes, so it's just like a, a little bit uh, of a taste of what that game's got going. Don't you dare! So, some of those <laughs> stills on a uh, Steam Zack are very pretty. Yeah, very. Yeah, pretty. it is. It is. It's a yeah. It is a very pretty. All, basically, all those stills are from. The build that I played. Is that right? Actually, no. Uh, apart from the one with the door. So it looks yeah. just as good in motion? Yeah. Mm. Didn't, uh, ran, ran, ran better than a plague tale. So, so, so far it's, it's doing something good. But no, this is uh, very keen. I do, I do like my Scandinavian folklore stuff. So Tight. 10 out of 10 from me. <laughs> 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 no. uh, cool. Um, all right. James, you played... Signalis. Yeah. Ooh. I'm yes. so keen on to hear about this. Tell yeah. me good oh, news, please. I'll good, be good, devastated good. if it's bad news. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, yeah, Signalis is uh, the first sort of commercial product from a two-person team named Rose Engine out of uh, Germany. Uh, this is a retrofuturism cassette punk uh, horror sci-fi story. Uh, so in a world in which humanity has like gone out into the stars, uh, capitalism has run amok as it wants to do. Um, and we are now using uh, replicas uh, with a K, which are humanoid android creatures, things that are created to do uh, various forms of manual labor, security, technical work and whatnot. Uh, you enter this world as Elster, who is a technician replica, um, and she's on this vague existential journey to discover, uh, to, to find a, a woman that she thinks is tied to her sense of self. It's all very, uh, not loose, like it, it knows what it's doing with its narrative, but it is very um, esoteric and and uh, yeah, <laughs> I can get to the narrative in a bit. Um, this game is fantastic. Uh, it, oh, it is. Hell yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I have come it. away from this very, very hyped on it. Um, for those who don't know, it is a survival horror. Uh, PS1, PS2 era is what we're sort of looking at here. Um, a very, very nice pixel art complemented by some very fancy lighting effects and uh, sound work. Um, fixed camera angles, uh, but also some very experimental camera angles because something that Rose Engine seems to be quite inspired by is um, not just horror as a genre in gaming, but also in cinema. Um, so you get a lot of Kubrick, you get a lot of uh, David Lynch kind of like stuff going on here. It is very stylized, uh, overwhelmingly anime at times as well. It, it is I'm simultaneously... Sold. Sorry? I'm sold after that, just overly anime. <laughs> Truly, yeah. Like <laughs> the the opening um, ten to fifteen minutes alone. Like by the time you hit title card, it is one of the most compelling and fun openings I've seen in a, to a video game in a long time. It instantly gets you on board with the tone of, of what you're going to be experiencing here. Um, in terms of gameplay, you've got some some pretty uh, basic expected stuff. Uh, there is combat. Um, there's a, a decent variety of guns that you can use. A couple of melee weapons as well. Uh, combat is it's fine. Um, it's not a highlight for me, but it's also not really the um, the main thrust of the game here. What you're really focusing on is exploration of sort of self-contained environments and some fantastic puzzles. 
Um, these are the kind of puzzles where you break out like a pen and paper or you take a photo of something so you can reference it later. Um, basic number work sometimes. Um, it's all uh, paired with really good like haptic feedback on uh, buttons that you're pushing in the world. Um, again, it's that retrofuturism. So everything's clunky and, and tactile and just even pulling those levers, even if you get the puzzle wrong 20 times in a row, like I was want to do, um, it still felt satisfying to, to just kind of push these buttons and, and listen to uh, Signalis's world kind of like burr back at you. Um, I already mentioned the art direction, which is fantastic. Uh, the one thing I do want to highlight is my, my only real gripe with the game is some of its moment to moment writing is a little cloying at times. Um, the dialogue is a little too self-aware. Uh, I think the whole like capitalism parody is unfortunately really played out by our real world capitalism at this point. Like it's almost become uh, common in video games now to be like, ha ha, isn't capitalism bad? And I, I get the impulse, I get where it comes from, but I still think you need to be very careful in how you handle it because otherwise it can come across as a little too manufactured in what it's trying to do. Um, on the flip side though, the broader strokes of the narrative are like horrifically existential and, and beautiful and fantastic. Uh, and it is also dealing with gender in a really interesting way because a lot of these replicas are very traditionally feminine uh, forms typically. And then you occasionally find like a traditionally masculine replica. And there's a moment about know, midway through the game where one of them shows up and it's it's not quite gender politics, I would say, but it is very much like it's in conversation about um, the way that we present, the way that uh, things would be construed in the future, um, how these things sort of survive over time and whatnot. Um, it's it's a fascinating collision of ideas. And just on the whole, I was completely blown away by this thing. About 10 hours, doesn't overstate its welcome. Really fun to play, really fun to just listen to. It, it's just, it's good. I'm so happy it's good. That is nice. sick. I'm so pleased. I was like, I played the Steam Next Fest demo and I was like, hell yeah, man, let's do this. This looks awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. And I got sent a review code ages ago, actually. This code mm. went out super early super and I just early. haven't had time because obviously release season is nuts, but it's definitely high on my pile. And I was, review embargo is, I think, tomorrow? So the day yeah. after? That's and so right. I was like, okay, I'm going to check reviews and see how it's landed. But that's awesome to hear that it's good. I'm so excited about it now. It's fantastic. Yeah. Nathan's also been playing it, I believe. Okay. Oh, baby. Yeah. I finished <laughs> yeah? this one like a couple of weeks back. And oh, cool. I maybe enjoyed a little bit more than James. Oh, shit. I, 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 mean, I, I could... did give it a nine, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I wouldn't go any, me personally, wouldn't go any lower than that. I loved this. But I have to ask James, did you ever play Silent Hill, like one or two? Uh, yes, I've played two. Uh, one I've watched, you know, the like vaguely 10 hour YouTube videos about okay. this series of Silent Hill. I fell yeah. asleep to one of those ones. That's my experience of that first game. So, <laughs> so when I rolled credits for this game, uh, uh, no, it's actually, I rolled credits on the day that the Silent Hill stream went off. So much oh, more recently than I thought. Week, yeah. And the parallels are obviously like very mm -hmm. obvious. Um, but then I thought by the time I rolled credits and then I saw the Silent Hill 2, which we'll get to later, I thought this is what these, like, this is what Konami actually needs to beat now. Like, this is yes. how high the bar is set. I was blown mm -hmm. away. Um, wow. I, I'm going to be a bit hyperbolic and go so far as to say it. Every single shot in that game, because it is, you know, used a lot of those fixed camera angles. I would... This is going to sound a bit daft, but I would almost blow up any single shot in that entire game and would consider that like wallpaper or poster worthy. Like there wasn't a yes. single shot in that game that I wasn't like, damn, that's pretty mm. in its own way, <laughs> in its own stylized way. 
Um, yeah. And look, the combat, I mean, we're talking about a Silent Hill game. So the combat in Silent Hill was never that great. I mean, the enemies sort of react with the same reaction when you're loading bullets into it. It's the same thing here. The one thing I liked is that your weapons kind of take a moment to zero in on enemies. So there's a slight moment of tension as you're preparing to shoot. And, you know, that was quite nice. And then by the time you get through the game, you realize you have that same realization as Silent Hill and Resident Evil where combat is not necessarily something you want to engage in. So you start to find other ways to navigate the world because enemies aren't necessarily going to disappear when you kill them. I won't say much more than that. I, I was delighted, man. Yeah, no, agreed. And I mean, you're also struggling with, so this is a, it's a strange, this is kind of the thesis point of, of my review, but like the game is very contemporary in a lot of ways. It, it does feel like new blood coming into a very established genre and a very nostalgic genre at this point as well. Um, and just kicking it in the ass and being like, no, no, we're going to do our own thing with this now while also being reverential to what's come before. And all of that new stuff works really well. And then there's also some holdovers as well. So you've only got six inventory slots for consumables, uh, weapons and key items. So it's yep. very old school Resident Evil in this way. Uh, you've got save rooms where you can like transfer the items between in a box and whatnot. Where, you know what we're talking about here, right? Um, and I found that tension mostly very successful um, because I think like Nathan said, you can just choose to avoid combat pretty much not entirely, but pretty much entirely. If you're nimble enough on your feet and you get um, Elsa around these environments, it's easy enough mostly to avoid combat. Um, but when you are trying to, you know, have just, oh, I, I would like a shotgun on me for some comfort, but now I can't pick up this third eagle door key that I need. Um, there, there's a little bit of, I don't know if it's good tension there, but there is some tension there that, um, yeah. It's a very old school hold up. And I think it will, it will rub some people that haven't played those old games, I think, but nah, I mean, mm. but, but I played yeah those old games and had a lot of love for them. So I don't know that everyone will appreciate that, but I did. Yep. Nice. And James, you played on PS5 or PS... No, PS5, yeah. So I played this game on PC. I was also able to check out the Switch version as well. Right. Um, they both ran beautifully. One of the benefits of this being like a, a sort of pixel creation is that it's just going to look great on no matter what. Um, there's also a good array of like VHS filters and chromatic... The word I'm looking for. Um, oh, the old aberration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old abrasion. There you go. Thank you. Um, yeah, th this this thing looks good on no matter what you're going to play it on. So um, can't really go wrong with it. Cool. Nice. Well, you can check out the review now, I would assume. Yeah, because it's... Yeah, now, yeah, now it's fine. Yeah. I guess if, if we're talking about it, yeah, it'll be out now. All right. Um, all right. The uh, the main course, the the big the big dish. Uh, Ralph, you've been playing... Bayonetta 3, which uh, you've got a preview up on the site, but you have can now share your full thoughts on, on the game. Please, uh, yes. Please indulge share. me because I'm very excited for Bayonetta, Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta 3 is fucking wild. It is insane. It is just bottled lunacy. That's what it is. And it's very, very good. Uh, I think very much it feels just purely by accident exactly what it needed to be in this moment because there's so much shit going on right now about this franchise and it felt so like complicated to love Bayonetta but this game is such a celebration of Bayonetta it is this self-referential celebration of this franchise because the core conceit is that you are thrust into the multiverse and you are meeting all of these other Bayonettas as you do that 
And that means that you get to see all of these different takes on this character. And each of them are celebratory in their own different way. They all have their own different style and they're slightly different swagger and different weapons and demons associated with them. But all of it is very celebratory. It's very much just like, hey, this character fucking rules and now you get to meet her like eight times or however many there are. I don't know, by the way. I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head how many there are, but there are quite a few, right? Um, so it really just feels like a party. It really does. Like the whole thing feels like a nonstop love-in where you're going from one reality to the other, just vibing out about how cool Bayonetta is and everyone's on board with that, you know? And uh, so it's it's got a really great vibe that I think fits, as I said, with where we're at now with all the discourse going on. Um, I mean, mechanically it is, yeah, it's, I like it. It's very good. I think it's one of the deepest, most robust combat systems in any character action game. However, it's, um, it's newest addition, it's most important addition is probably going to be a bit more divisive because it's what it is. It's called, they're called demon slaves, right? So imagine that as you're fighting, you've got your normal kit, you've got your weapons, you've got your combos, whatever. At any point in time, I can pull the left trigger and that's going to summon in a gigantic demon. They're going to come on the battlefield and Bayonetta takes her kid off and she's just dancing on the side. Okay, that's what she's doing at that point. <laughs> I'm holding down the left trigger. And as long as I'm holding down that trigger, I'm actually controlling this giant demon on the battlefield. And now I'm kicking the shit out of enemies with that demon, right? And there are quite a few demons. Can't say how many because Nintendo will end my career. But uh, there are quite a few. They all have very sort of distinct movesets. They have combos. They have ability trees that you can upgrade to get more moves and combos and whatever. So you're not just spamming buttons, but you are uh, deliberately pressing stuff to do stuff. Uh, and it has this real kind of kaiju vibe thing going on where, you know, giant... Godzilla-like monsters are battling in the streets of Tokyo against, uh, you know, against these demonic forces that are trying to destroy the city. So um, that's cool, but it's also it's not, I want I don't say I want I don't want to say gimmicky, but it's a lot messier than the core combat, right? The core combat is extremely tight. It is that character action thing that you know. This is bigger, slower, less precise less robust in terms of its in terms of its um like combos and whatever so it does feel like a step down versus that core combat experience right uh plus it also introduces some challenges with that core combat because there's a lot of visual noise going on when you summon these things in they are so massive they take up so much space the camera really struggles to like make sense of all the action and pass it so the best times i had with bayonetta were actually where i when it was when I wasn't using those demon summons, right? They were a nice little punctuation mark. They had their moment, but um, I definitely found myself using less and less of them because I really enjoyed the core bayonet combat and all the weapons that I had at my disposal rather than these big Godzilla creatures that I could summon in at like the drop of a hat, you know? So um, that is the divisive part. Um, I think fans will go either way on that one. Uh, one thing that's for sure, though, is that the Nintendo Switch is a fucking dinosaur at this point. It is like a slightly supercharged calculator. You run games on it and they run. The thing is, the performance of this is actually pretty good. Like frames per second, they've done a really good job of keeping it nice and stable. And um, no, I don't think anyone will complain about that. But it's the sacrifices made to get to that point. And uh, the world design is so bad. It is so bad. Like, it's honestly feels like going back in time seven or eight years, for real. I mean, because especially 
I'm reviewing God of War at the same time as this, actually. And so for to go from God of War to Bayonetta, and you're just like, these games are basically the same price. They're launching in ba- basically the same time. And there couldn't be a more clearer, sort of like a starker contrast between where these two hardware platforms are at now in terms of their capabilities. And it makes me sad because, you know, Platinum are visionaries. Like they can do amazing shit, right? They've got so much imagination and they pour it into their combat and their characters, but they just don't have any budget left over to pour it into their worlds. And it would be so awesome to see what they could do with, you know, true next-gen hardware, Unreal Engine 5, whatever. I mean, that'd be fucking wild, right? But we're never going to get that game from Bayonetta or Bayonetta. At least we might get a different game like that from Platinum. A live service one, perhaps. Who knows? But, um, Settle down. But, yeah, Vanquish 2, man. That's it. Let's go. One that doesn't but, get cancelled in five minutes. Yes. But, um, yeah, so so that performance side is is a real bummer, unfortunately. And I think it it, it did diminish my enjoyment overall. Um, I don't think that wasn't like I wasn't having fun, but you really look back on that title and you think, oh man, that could have been so much better. You know, it's just, it's that kind of thing. Um, and I think the other thing that really um, stood out for me was that structurally, I don't think this game quite works right now in terms of the verse structure. Are you guys all up in a Bayonetta? You guys all played it, know how it works? Cool. So you don't, Zach, you don't play Bayonetta? Okay, so imagine a level and the level is broken up into verses. So they're little engagements, right? And you go to a space, the walls around you close, three or four enemies spawn, you kick the shit out of them, and uh, you get a score at the end. The walls come back up, and then you go on to the next thing. That's a verse. like Devil May Cry? Essentially. Character action games, they're really into it, right? But I think here, I just found those verses to be so short so often and I was getting so many new tools all the time, like new weapons, new demon summons, new ability unlocks, whatever. I just never got a chance to properly use this stuff to really sink into it. And I know that the intention is, hey, play Bayonetta 400 times and practice and whatever. But it's like, well, I'd actually just like to play it through a couple of times and really feel like I've gotten the most out of the combat during those playthroughs rather than needing to to, to go back and do that other stuff, you know? So I feel structurally that holds the game back at this point. And I would much rather, you know, bigger spaces, longer verses, more enemies to kill um, so that I could really get to grips with that combat. Because the honest truth is that a lot of the best times that I had with Bayonetta were actually in the practice mode, <laughs> purely because it's there that I can actually fight without interruption and just like actually play this game. And I think when you're in a situation like that, then something's gone really wrong, you know? Um, so yeah, man, overall though, uh, uh, spectacle's insane. The, as I said, the celebratory quality is just super wholesome and lovely. And, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really did. Um, I scored it an 8.5. I don't score video games, but that's, that's the thing that I'm doing now, I guess, cause I'm writing for a website. Let's go. Woo. Um, awesome. but <laughs> yeah, so it's an 8.5 for me and it's a strong recommend on my channel. Uh, sorry, not nice. a strong recommend. It's just, it's a recommend on my channel, right? Because I, cool. I do feel some of those things were really kind of, um, yeah, they were, they were detracting from my overall enjoyment of this. Um, I was going to so, yeah. ask, yeah, like, um, firstly, like, what does that score translate to your own yeah. um, output? But also, how, how did you feel about having to, to score? Oh, I hate like, it. Uh, I really don't like Adam. it. It's so annoying. I really hate it. Because <laughs> now it's going to be like, oh, account. everyone says that you gave this an 8.5. And I'm like, oh, I've really tried to avoid that the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah. Again, I don't, it's not that I think, uh, by the way, I actually don't have a, 
I don't think game scores are bad, by the way. I really don't. Mm. Uh, I actually always enjoy reading game scores. And I'm like, cool, that's the kind of gun-to-head moment. Like, what do you really think about this thing? It's cool. But it's also not what I like to do because Mm. I like to do it a different way. And again, it's not because I think my way is better. It's purely just because that's what I like to do. You know, I I like Mm. to talk for 20 minutes and then I feel that kind of like, you know, or 30 minutes or an hour if I'm fucking talking about destiny. And then to be forced (laughs) to put a number on all of that, I think kind of distracts from all that other stuff. But again, I totally... And that's not to say scores are bad because there's lots of discourse about like, uh, scores. Should we score games or not? Yes, we should score games. It's fine. Also, we should not. That's also fine. You know? Yeah. Mm. Like ostensibly, you, know, you should be able to read a review. If you, if you get a thousand words from me on what I think of something, you you should know what I think of it by the end of that. You don't, you don't necessarily need the number, but I understand the practicality of it. Sure. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yep, yep, yep. Mm. I'm going to throw a quick I'm- question your way, Ruff. So you mentioned there that... Uh, you you had some of your most enjoyment there with the practice mode. Now I haven't played this series since the second one. Do you still get sort of like is the practice mode a part of like the load screens or is that like a separate mode yep. that you're going into? Yeah, no, no, that you get that, but there's also a separate mode that you can go into. So you can just sit there and wail on enemies and just do your thing. So yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, I, the load screens are super fast as well. Like you actually next. can't do anything in the load screens. Like they're just instant. <laughs> so you like throw three punches and you're out. So what a, yeah, what a great problem to have. No, I love that. Cartridges, man. That's the way. That's it. <laughs> question. Yeah. Question from me. So, <clears throat> do you have to have have played the first two games to play this, or no. is it? No, no, no. Definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, the the story is so nonsensical. It's 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 as it's, it's utter nonsense. But the premise is really cool. The premise is, hey, let's go meet some other bayonetters. Uh, yeah. And I think you do have more of an appreciation for Bayonetta in this game because you've seen how badass she is in previous entries, but you instantly get a sense that this character is pretty badass by the intro alone. There's no mistaking Mm. who this character is. So I do believe that anyone who has not played a Bayonetta title before can jump into this one and still have a really fantastic time. But I would recommend also getting back to the other ones. They're super cheap. They're not long to finish. And I think it's just good grounding for, for this one. One last question. Uh, How did you, or what did you think of, uh, the new voice actor and their performance. I actually forgot. Name. Jennifer Hale. Jennifer Hale. Hale. Yep. Yep. Jennifer Hale. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, opinion on this is going to be really divided. I will say that as I was, because I played obviously both Bayonetta games, and I always really enjoyed um, Helen Teller's performances. I think she was great. Brought such character to it. I really like Jennifer Hale. You know, I think she's doing a great job. Uh, I know a lot of people in my comment section were like, "I hate this new voice actress. She's terrible." Whatever. I'm like, well. Okay, fair enough. Obviously, everyone has their own choice. But I really don't believe it's that different. Of course, it is different. You can hear the difference clearly. But it's also Jennifer Hale is not trying to do a different rendition of Bayonetta. She's trying to mimic Helena Taylor's version. And I think she's doing a pretty good job overall. You know, so while it can't be perfect, I think it's good enough. And I overall think she did a great job. I think she landed her lines. But of course, everyone's going to have their own view on that, especially given how this whole thing has gone down. So, yeah. Very awkward, nice. huh? <clears throat> yes. Very awkward. Yes, indeed. Did you guys talk about that already? Or yeah, we did. we did last week. We might touch on it in our new session. Or we sure. can go now if you want. But before, up to just, you guys. just a quick question. So you're talking about the big bad demons that you can spawn uh, and yeah. control. Do you feel like that's maybe a system that's more designed for newer players who are struggling to understand some of the more in-depth combos and systems to the combat that Bayonetta already has? I am. 
definitely makes the game easier at times because you can they are they act as a tank right in the sense that they will often tank a lot of aggro which means bayonetta can sit off to the side just doing a thing she can lay down some very safe damage and that's it but at the same time i don't believe the intention of this system was to make it more inviting i believe the intention of this system was like Kamiya was just like hey this would be fucking cool wouldn't it yeah let's have some godzilla monsters doing their thing on yeah, screen fuck yeah let's go you know so i do think it is a byproduct but i definitely don't believe it was the stated intent of that system to make the system more uh, more approachable makes sense is, is there much else in the way of approachability options um like there's, def- there's the- difficulties yep there's quite yeah, a few selectable difficulties absolutely okay. there's also a relic that you can equip that allows you just to hold down the buttons to do combos instead of pressing the button i feel like right. that's almost an accessibility thing rather than a difficulty thing though yeah you start following that line yeah it's kind of silly that it's gated behind a relic you need to purchase but regardless it's fine um other than that it's not a difficult game by any means on normal mode you will breeze through it which is what i did it's you know dying just a handful of times i think i saw i actually didn't i mean i i i think basically never died essentially very rare to die um so it's really the game shines at those high difficulties and um so i would say it's a very approachable series for someone who just wants to play it and see the craziness and the ridiculousness and the spectacle but for those that really want to study this and and really sink deep into its systems and master it there's a lot there a huge amount there how long is it out of interest Actually, you know what? I don't know off the top of my head. I can't actually disclose the number of chapters because, mm. again, Nintendo aren't really about that. <laughs> uh, actually, no, that's not true. They can say. I can tell you it's 14 chapters. I can tell you that. But I don't know how long it took me to get through that. I don't think it felt much longer or shorter than previous games, though. It felt on par. So I think it, it's going to land in that sort of 10-ish hours mark, you know? Cool. That sounds about right to me. So, yeah. Nice. All right, we'll yeah. um, we'll move forward. You can check out Ralph's review on the website and also his video on his channel. Uh, let's You're go welcome to for the shout out, by the way, Ralph. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Right, so speaking of <laughs> shout outs, we got a couple that we'll quickly go through. But James, did you want to give us thirty seconds of your time to talk about Turtle Beach? Yeah, let's go, let's go to the Turtle Beach. Uh, so yeah, I reviewed the Stealth uh, 600 Gen 2 Max wireless gaming headset. Uh, this thing is a fantastic little unit. Um, I guess like the big headlines are it is it's relatively affordable. I think clocking in around the $200 mark. Um, fantastic sound mixing. Um, really incredible battery life on this thing. Like you could charge it for a, I think like 20 minutes or so and have about nine hours worth of, of battery in this thing. It just, it absorbs that power up. Um, the, the biggest thing for me is that you can use it on any modern console and PC. It's just got a little USB dongle, plug that thing into anything and you are good to go. Um, yeah, nice, lightweight, a little uncomfortable after long periods of time, just because, because it's a lightweight plastic, it sits on the head a little firmly for my liking. Um, but yeah, other than that, solid little thing. Go check it out. Nice reviews on the website. So speaking of shout outs. Uh, Mark has done a review for Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. I think, Ralph, did you say you were keen on this one too? I, know I was. I haven't booted it up either, but yeah, I've been really interested in this one for a long since I heard it announced. So Mark's little uh, little summary here is that Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed stands as Ilphonic's best game to date, a respectable addition to the Ghostbusters legacy that despite a lack of content is incredibly fun to play. It gives that an 8 out of 10. Uh, you can check that out there. Uh, and Dylan reviewed Aeroheart, which is the 
Gold Coast. I think they, they I think they Gold Coast. They're Queensland. Queensland made game, uh, which is like the Zelda, uh, old school Zelda game lookalike. He says, Arrowheart attempts to recreate the magic of the Legend of Zelda, a link to the past in its own image, only to see itself let down by its painfully average storytelling and lack of direction in its dungeons. Five out of ten for that one. So, bummer. Uh, that's on all platforms. Yeah. Yes, all platforms and Ghostbusters is also all platforms excluding Switch. Cool. Did anyone, have you guys reviewed Borderlands and the new Talisman and Borderlands? Ash yeah, we did. Yeah. Ash reviewed it. I think I sent it to you. I, I just saw that. Um, but I, was, I was wondering if it was any of you guys. Like, I wasn't sure who Oh, no, was. sorry, sorry. No, Ash, Ash, he was on last week. He uh, he reviewed it. I didn't okay. so you liked it. I read, I read the write-up. Yeah, cool. I've heard mixed things. I've heard some people are like, this is abysmal. And then some people are like, yeah, they, they landed it. Good job. They, yeah, well done, Gearbox. You guys, you, you did a good job this time. Yeah, I saw that Destructoid review that was ooh, three. <laughs> I think it was, the, it was, was that, I thought, no, I think that was the press start one. That was like, Maybe. it was just so brutal. It yeah. was. I think Destructoid gave it a four and then Push Start were like, this is one of the worst sequels I've ever played in my life. It does the, it achieves the rare like achievement of making the first game seem worse. <laughs> it's like, how is that an achievement, firstly? And secondly, how does it do that? <laughs> like, how is that possible? Yeah, it hurts. So, yeah, it hurts big time. All right. So, because you're making your debut here, Ralph, you can talk about what's making your jorts tight uh, in November. Oh. And I know, that, I know that you've got a game that you want to talk about. And I'm actually keen to hear if you can maybe discuss a tiny little bit about your hands-on impressions so far. Because I've got a war. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, God of War, it rules. Like, it's... Uh, anyone here not agree that God of War is a good video game? Say it now or forever oh, hold your no. peace. Anyone? <laughs> Come on, let's do it. Let's go. Right in here and right now. Oh, God. Whoa, shit. I, You've been- I, I, look, I, I... Look. <laughs> Whoa. <I'm> just- <laughs> no, Who no, is no, this no. Joker? I, I've I have recently uh, not warmed up, but I have come around on the idea oh, that I understand go. it has appeal. I understand the mechanical uh, fidelity of the thing is quite tight. Like I get it. Um, I just did not care for the uh, the the story of that game. I guess. Um, really? I'm, yeah. So you have no feelings, is what you're saying? You're just emotionally yeah, dead oh, inside. You yeah, just feel nothing. You are just monster. Totally I'm a got like a pit. golem. That's what yeah. you. You're a god. Okay, yeah, got truly, it. Nice. exactly. Okay. Though, cool. though Ralph, yeah. in in James's defense, he did give immortality a ten. So. Okay, sure. One game I've still not yet had the chance to play, so I'm excited for that Ooh, one. I finished it. It was yeah, good. Yeah, nice. Yeah, right. Sick, sick. Um, okay, well, interested to hear the uh, the differing takes on... To be fair, though, you don't... You, you, it's very rare that you hear dissenting opinions on God of War, so uh, yeah. it's always interesting to engage them. Um, and... <laughs> And, uh, I mean, yeah, so Ragnarok is um, absolutely more God of War. It is, you know, it's it's definitely cutting that same, cut from the same cloth. Uh, you can see it visually, but it is uh, it is an uplift, not a massive uplift. It's not like you're looking at this and thinking, oh, damn, man, this looks way better than, no, it's not. But it's it definitely looks crisper, nicer, and smoother, obviously, because it's running at either 60 or 120 FPS if your TV supports it, um, that has a pretty transformative impact on combat, I think, um, because God of War's combat was already very evenly paced. Uh, It gives you a lot of time between those swings to plan your next swing while still feeling overall kind of fast. It's not slow like a Souls-like. It's not fast like a character action game. It's kind of in that sweet spot. And that extra frame rate really um, does that 
kind of game a lot of favors, I think. Um, but yeah, narratively, you're still tugging at the same threads. It's it's Kratos doesn't still not really sure how to be a good dad. And uh, Atreus is like, oh, I've got some questions that need answering. And uh, he's rebelling against his father a little because he's a teenager now. And uh, yeah, man, it's just super good. Like it's, I know the discourse will center around, is this better or worse than 2018? But I think having played five hours of it, I was just like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's still better than 98% of other games that come out, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's the point. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's still the level of quality that it's bringing to the table in every aspect is so far and above what most other games are able to achieve. It becomes such an academic discussion to think comparatively. Will it be better? I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. All I can say is that I'm genuinely not thinking about that in that first five hours because I'm just so all in on these characters, this world and this combat. So, yeah. Nice. Uh, anything else you're excited for in November? Um, I'm interested to see how Sonic Frontiers lands. Oh man, that's it's gonna I be a doozy. Is anyone that. able to get code for that? By the way, I mean, I feel like it's 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 a bit. Uh, you guys <laughs> able to chase that one down? Well, James, uh, James has got. Uh, yeah, I uh, one I just got back. Him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, got from, you went to Hawaii. Yes, Is I, that I 40, to- did forty seven organize that? Uh, I don't know. Okay, um, right. Sorry, was it Se- yeah. were you, like the emails that you were liaising with, were they Sega emails or were they 47 emails? Sega, I believe. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Just, cool. The, yeah. just, just the middleman. Yeah, that's it. And, and, yeah. and, you, yeah. and you, what did you think? Is Sonic good or not? I yes. don't know yet. <laughs> yes. Yes. <Yeah>. Let's go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, yeah, I, I got to play about six, six and a half hours of this thing. So it was a good chunk. It was across like three of the open zone environments that they're letting sure. you play. Um, I, I am definitely intrigued. Like I want to play more of it, which I feel like is a, is a good thing to come away from it with. Um, I'm not entirely convinced that it needs the open zones. There's not very much in them at all, other than like a bunch of platforming challenges, which are fun, but that's it. Like it, it's just, if you're not running around jumping on things, there's nothing else to really do out there yeah, except yeah, yeah, gather yeah, up yeah. currencies. Um, but you know, the, the remakes uh, like classic levels in the cyberspace areas are really cool. Um, this thing looks great. Sounds great. Plays really mostly really well technical issues are still very much present though a lot of pop in a lot of yeah. a bit, bit blurry around the edges um i'm it's going to be interesting to see how this lands totally yeah i'm so cool. interested like just looked like such a weird product i played like 10 or 15 minutes of it at summer games fest in la and i it's very rare that i will have such a like gut reaction to a game being like whoa this should not <laughs> be like this <laughs> but it was that kind of reaction where i was like why have you done all this open world stuff this is this mm-hmm. is not it so i don't know but then other people are like no nah, man it's really good you just need to play more of it it gets good at the 20 minute mark i'm like yeah sure it does so <laughs> what's that you play 20 minutes it gets good at the 21 minute mark <laughs> that's right that's right um you can read james's preview uh, over at press start uh, that was there uh ralph anything else that you're keen for before we for um, nathan who's been very quiet tonight takes the only other thing i'll Shout out is just Dark Tide, I would say. Yes. Dark Tide. Anyone else keen on Double yes. 4K Dark Tide? Yes. Yeah. yes. I, indeed. I yes, adore Vermintide. It is yeah, probably right. the, the single most uh, adored, like, horde based shooter I've ever played. It's sure. just, like, the characters are great. The melee combat is great. It's just, oh. it's so good. I'm so excited for Dark Tide. Did you play the, did you play the beta this weekend? No, I, I didn't. I didn't get a right. chance to do it. Sure, sure. I'm, I'm yeah. bummed out I didn't, though. Yeah. No, I played it um, in LA, actually. Um, back in June or whatever, and it was just like this rocks. I'm totally on board with this. 
visually, mechanically, everything. It was just ticking every box for me. And I'm not even a big Warhammer guy, by the way. Like, I like Warhammer-ish, but it's just like, it just was really about that game itself and mm. what it was offering that I was really on board with. So, um, yeah, that got bumped up to 17th for the for like an early beta launch. Uh, and then it goes live officially on the 30th of November. So that and God of War are like my two big, um, my two big November titles. Yeah. Cool. Nathan, what have you got for us? What are you keen for? You normally have a pretty big uh, shopping list. Yeah, I'll make sure I've got a bit of a list for you. I've probably only got one big one, so I'll leave that to last. I'll start with the small ones. So November is going to be a bit of a maybe sort of a farming on the couch month for me because we're kicking the month off on the second with Doramon Story of Seasons, the next one, which is going to be called Friends of the Great Kingdom. I never play much of the Story of Seasons games, but I'm always happy that they exist. Um, I always scratch this, you know, that Stardew Valley itch for me. But I think even more exciting for me is that Square Enix is coming out two days later on the 4th with Harvestella. Uh, I've seen a little bit of that. I've heard some mixed things. I haven't played the demo, but, you know, I'm kind of distancing myself from Square Enix demos at the moment because they kind of get me excited. And then the game itself has been shit in my experience in the past couple of months, looking at uh, Valkyria Elysium and Dio Field. Of course, we've got God of War Ragnarok, which I'm still curiously optimistic about. I did enjoy the first one. I'm probably not as hyped as everyone else, but I'll absolutely still play it when it comes out. I think a game that might surprise us could be Pentiment from Obsidian. Like, having sat down with the preview for that, hands off, of course, I'm really intrigued to see where that's going to go with its choice-driven narrative and the fact that Obsidian is so good at choice-driven narratives. Uh, Yeast 8, which is a PS5 port of a game that came out a few years ago, sort of a bit more of a niche JRPG, it's going to scratch a JRPG each for me, good or bad, I'm not sure, I haven't played 8, even though 9's already out, Pokemon Violet and Scarlet's on the way, I'm happy to say I took advantage of that $48 Amazon pre-order price match with Harvey Norman, <laughs> so I'm absolutely getting on that shit on day one, uh, so that'll be exciting, I haven't done day one Pokemon in a while. Evil West, because i got to jump on the hype train with Zach. I think we're both pretty keen to see how that one turns out. Uh, I don't mind the fact that it's going for a bit more of an older gen, just shoot them up, brainless yeah. feel. I'm, I'm down for that. Dark Tide, of course. You know, I loaded up Back for Blood this last week because I wanted that four-player horde fix, and it's still a bit rocky, so I kind of uninstalled that after about a half hour. I'm just preserving myself for Dark Tide. Last couple of titles here, we've got another JRPG. It's kind of more in the traditional 3D realm of more like Final Fantasy 7 to 10 uh, called Monochrome Mobius. I uh, don't know too much about it. Just saw a trailer. I thought this looks like my cup of tea, but the number one game I'm looking out for this November, probably my hype, most hyped game for this year since it was announced is Tactics Ogre Reborn. It's going to be scratching that Final Fantasy Tactics itch for me, which was growing up, that was my formative game. That was my favorite game. I don't know if it still is because I haven't played it in over a decade. Um, But, you know, this is cut from the same cloth. I think it's got some of the same team. Looks very similar. I'm just a sucker for the resurgence in um, tactics, turn-based tactics games we're seeing out Japan at the moment. I couldn't be happier. So I'm going to eat that one up. Uh, That's my November. As usual, it's a chunky month for me. I'm very excitable. Nice, nice. You'll be eating well indeed. Uh, James, so. are you... Jordan, actually, sorry. Jordan, you've not spoken a lot. Oh. What are you What are you keen for? Sorry, James. Uh, obviously, God of War Ragnarok. I, uh, you know, I actually wasn't keen on the uh, 2018 one until I did the preview. Oh. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm keen. And then I bought... Uh, you can't see it in the camera, but I have a, the limited edition PS4 Pro of it on the floor over there. <laughs> you can tell I still use it because it's on the floor. Um, nice. So, yeah, very, very keen to see uh, Ragnarok. Uh, I'm not surprised that... 
Ralph wouldn't necessarily describe it as better, but once again, it doesn't need to be. It's a continuation mm. rather than an, an upgrade. And I think if you're going with that mindset, it's hard to really be disappointed with it being a continuation. Um, obviously, uh, I got some other stuff in the form of where is it? Obviously, Dark Tide is my big one. I'm so keen for Dark Tide. I've been very, very excited since it's announcement last year. I was like, oh, baby, let's go. <laughs> um, obviously, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. While Pokemon does exhaust me, I'm still a very big Pokemon fan at heart. Insert Zach saying it's a kids game, and he's right, it is a kids game, but I'm a kid it at is. heart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm still excited for it. Uh, some of the changes, while I may not agree with it, that doesn't necessarily mean that they won't pan out. We kind of just need to see how it goes uh, in, in the end. What, what are the changes, by the way, just briefly? Uh, it's more like, like the mascot legendaries not being things that you hunt. They're just there from the beginning. More of their open world stuff, which didn't really grab me too much in Sword and Shield. Uh, just, just the typical stuff that Pokemon's been going down the past few generations. And I guess it's more just a mark that uh, Pokemon may not necessarily be the, the IP that is home for me anymore, which is completely fine. You know, people change, IPs change. That's how it goes. I feel like it's catering a little bit more to casuals like myself. You just get you good. may disagree uh, on that, but, but no, I'm no, definitely I, I, casual. I, I completely agree. I, I and, think... And, yeah. I think it somehow caters to both casual and competitive, but forgets about the people that just like to explore because the exploration side of Sword and Shield wasn't very good. Um, and yeah, that would more or less be it. You know, uh, Dark Tide, my, my big ticket item for November. Cool. Uh, James, what are you what are you excited for this month? Um, so the the chance the chance. Um, I think looks mildly intriguing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always yep. down for a first-person uh, action horror title. I think setting it against like a new age cult uh, is, a, is a good opportunity for hopefully some amusing writing and insight. Um, mm. Sonic Frontiers, obviously, as we talked about before, that has really skyrocketed to the, uh, the near top of my list based on what I played. Uh, Pentiment, as Nathan was saying, seems fantastic. I'm excited about that. Evil West again, as Nathan was saying. Nathan and I usually have a fair bit of overlap. Um, I want to give a special shout out to um, Malice, which is a two-player sort of escape room-ish horror game uh, set in a fictional Japanese um, uh, uh, temple is the word I'm looking for. Um, it looks really good. Yeah, yeah it's a interesting art style. Um, you know, I'm, I like the idea of it being deliberately two-player, like designed from the ground up with that in mind is is intriguing. And I'm always down for Japanese horror. So, um, yeah, that's about it. I mean, technically God of War. Like, uh, I can I can say God of War. Like, I am intrigued to see where they're going to go with that story because I would like to be one back. I would like to enjoy it with everybody. Nice. Uh, so, for me, pretty much the same, same stuff. God of War, Pentiment. Pentiment's very, very much up my uh, wheelhouse. So. Historical. You're text pointing and clicking things, so it's got to be. That's it. Yeah, boy. <laughs> um, Devil and me, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to check out. But the, the, the biggest game is Evil West for, for me. I'm um, mm. behind a Plague Tale. That, that's my most anticipated game this year. Uh, combines flavors uh, of God of War, Devil May Cry, and I just want another fucking Dark Watch. Do I just want another time. Yeah, do. So. do you think that uh, your anticipation will pay off as well as it did for a Plague Tale? Hopefully. I hope so. You played I, the I, preview, I, I'm right? Not, I, I'm not expecting the same 
quality in in a sense as okay, a plate so, so your expectations are kind of like well set within a plate tail was more like i was playing it you know for the story like you know obviously like yeah. it, it looked great it didn't run very well but the sto- i still found my, myself very very invested by that story i'm not playing evil west for the story like I'm yeah, it's not it a prestige game play it to fucking beat shit up as a fucking cowboy um yeah that's that's pretty much it uh cool all right, let's quickly go through the news. We'll whip through any major... There's actually not much to talk about this week or well, that we've got down. I don't know if there's anything that we've missed. We, we normally do miss a lot of stuff. Uh, but two quick things. Uh, so Callisto Protocol's gone gold. Very exciting. So it's definitely coming December 2, I think, is the date or 3 or whatever. Uh, everyone's keen for that, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think everyone's oh, yeah. pretty, Sign me up. Oh, pretty yes. keen. Uh, if you had to choose one, Dead Space, yeah, Dead Space remake or Callisto? Which one are you picking? Callisto, only Callisto. because it's new. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I, I, I love Dead Space. It's like one of my favorites, but you we know, can go back I, to I, it. I've played it. Yeah, and I can always go back to it. But Callisto is new. Good choice. Good choice. Uh, the other quick news piece is that Road has announced. Oh fucking! Hell, I lost my uh, preview post. Uh, Road has announced two. Sorry, a new gaming division called Road X, and they've uh, they're launching two new mics. Uh, and new software called Unify with it uh, that will be out that will that'll be announced now and they'll they'll be out now. I'm using one of the mics now, which is the XDM 100, which is like a dynamic uh, mic, kind of in the the style of the the Procaster. And then there's an XCM mic, which is more of like the Elgato Wave, I guess. Um, and the software is which I'm also using now. I haven't really had a big play with it, but it's, yeah, it's sort of like a one-stop shop uh, where you can kind of run your streams and your podcasts and your whatnot uh, from it. The software will come with a Rodex product. So if you buy either of those two mics, you will get the software with it. If you want to buy the software and use it with other USB audio devices, you can pay, where are we? You can pay eight bucks Australian a month or you can pay or five US or 70 bucks Australian uh, a year or 45 a year US. The mics are USB-C powered. So they're not um, uh, XLR now, they're USB-C. Which is which is pretty cool. Uh, they're black in design with like a red kind of trim. Uh, headphone put a jacks. Blue light on your neck. Blue leg. Blue night. That blue light. Blue light on my neck. Uh, there's also a fucking mute button, which is awesome because the other road mics I have don't have a mute button, and I complained about that in my other reviews. That as a podcasting mic, I feel like it just needs just an easy access mute button. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm making noises I mean, off off. Yeah. What, what do you do? A, when you got a cough. We should have a button that mutes you. That'd be cool. Oh, I can, I can <laughs> get do a button that like right that. Now. Hang on. Discord. <laughs> uh, we do. There, there's a big X in the in the corner of Discord. You there can, we go. <laughs> That's the one. Um, Thank you, Discord. No. Uh, yeah. So they the XDM. Uh, sorry. Yeah. So there's headphone jacks built in, so you can monitor the audio level directly from the the mic itself as well. Uh, but there's a whole bunch. You can you can read all about it. But the pricing you'll see the XDM is. $439 Australian and $249 US. The XCM uh, is $259 Australian and $149 US. Uh, cool. Go, go road. They make good shit. I use road, always have. This really? Is I, I, can't, I can't tell. That's right. Um, this is product placement <laughs> right here, baby. This is like Wayne's World, but worse. <laughs> Dude, I, I actually I swear by road. Even back when I did uh, audio engineering stuff, I would swear by road. Sure. No, they do. They make the best. 
Yeah, that's good uh, Good quality, good craftsmanship. All right, so I think that's all for just headline uh, just, just Just one more. It's one that I found like a day or two ago. It's mm. uh, regarding the Activision Blizzard deal. I'll chuck oh. it quickly in the... All right. Uh, in the dock, but it's all right. While you do like that, uh, the other headline I got for you is Adam's whipped up. He was able to check out Apex Legends season fifteen earlier, I think. Um, and the headline he's written there: uh, Season fifteen Eclipse introduces a new map, gifting, gifting, and new cosmetic options. Uh, you can read about that on the website if you're into Apex. Uh, Jordan. Yeah. So basically, it was a. Uh found over the past over the last couple of days that uh someone sold 3.7 million shares at the price of 72.72.25 dollars per share so about 267 million dollars uh right before the activision uh blizzard deal would supposedly go through with microsoft which people are using as a theory to maybe uh surmise that it might not actually go through it might fall through and that because of that the share prices would dive so, mm. you know, someone might be jumping ship before uh, something like that would happen, which would be interesting to see. I personally would like their deal to go through, uh, to fall through, because I think having more publishers and less owned by one platform holder mm. is healthier for the market, even if they're shitheads like Activision Blizzard. Ralph, where do you sit on the on the deal? I mean, I... Look, I think it's damned if you do damned if you don't ideally mm. you wouldn't want this to be uh, this to go through right uh you'd say no it's let's not consolidate the industry further but at the same time it's like well i don't really want bobby Kotick to be in charge of activism yeah that's right? true. and mm. if that's the price we have to pay to get rid of him and if, like, let's maybe pay that one so microsoft do have a fairly good culture by all reports as in it's not perfect don't get me wrong i'm not here to fucking shield microsoft's culture but they've done a lot of work to improve on that front they're very upfront about it they talk about it a lot and i think if there's any real chance of improvement it's probably going to happen through microsoft rather than through bobby Kotick or whoever mm-hmm. else might rock up some yeah. investment some that's the other thing like it's not going to be microsoft it's going to be someone Ten else cent. that will carve up that business i yeah. don't think it'd be 10 cent they they're Saudi really Radio struggling right yeah no they're 10 really cents actually struggling at the moment they are yeah mm. but it would be some you know investment fund or a whole bunch of them would come together and they would buy out portions of it chop it up I don't think that would be good for the company either. So Microsoft have big, deep pockets. They're willing to let Activision Blizzard do its thing. They're committed to a better culture. I think the ingredients are there for something good. But as I said, ideally, you, you wouldn't want it to happen at all. You'd just be like, no, leave them alone. It's fine. You know. Have they actually commented on whether Bobby will stay or go? I know there's uh, been no, rumors and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, no, of course. I'm pretty sure there was the talk that he'd just be leaving as soon as the deal uh, actually goes through but even then that got murky there was some revisions made to that well, look I I, there's no way that bobby Cotty stays ceo that's impossible that he stays he it's impossible he would stay but the thing is they can't long. say I it because like yeah. it's it's influencing the deal it's putting the cart before the horse but there's no way in hell phil spencer buys that company for that amount of money and then leaves bobby Cotty in charge of it it's just, just remember everyone put, put devil horns on his pictures to make his mm. dating life impossible <laughs> yeah, so when they firstly first announced that deal, I think uh, in that they did say that blah 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 blah, and the head of Activision will report to um to Phil. So I, I kind of got yep. that from 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 that that yeah that it wouldn't be Bobby. All right. Uh, no so way. the two two biggest things. Sorry, were you going to say something? No, no, no. No, cool. Uh, two biggest things were the Silent Hill showcase and the Resident Evil showcase. Um, 
we can quickly breeze through them. Uh, Parrying a chainsaw with a pistol. It's pretty badass. It's very anime. I love it. That's it. Matt Big Leon. Um, We're probably more Resident Evil fans than we are Silent Hill fans here. I think that's... Well, yeah, I think, yeah. You, okay. I respect yeah, probably. Hill, like there, there is a, there's a more, not adult. That's not, that's not mature, but you know what I'm trying to say? There's, there's, there's a core to Silent Hill that I think lends itself to some really interesting human introspection. Would you stories. say like more nuanced? Ah, uh, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah. I think my mature is fair. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about the movies, Zach. Don't, don't try that. <laughs> um, but, but, but yeah, from a distance, I feel like is is my relationship with Silent Hill at the moment. I, I would love to be drawn back in. And some of these announcements are very exciting. Yeah, so they announced five titles, I think, at this, um, or projects uh, at this projects showcase. Uh, this is reading from Eurogamer. Not, uh, not a Pachinko machine. No. So the For first months. one, obviously the biggest <laughs> one is a remake of Silent Hill 2 being made by Bluba, uh, which is... <laughs> Have, have you all seen that clip <laughs> from um, Layers of Fear with that streamer Germa where the kid just runs straight into mm-hmm. the wall and he just keeps going because for some reason the trigger is just repeatable? <laughs> it, is, it was very good. Oh, man. That, that's a great way to just undercut the horror tones of your game. Mm, Blue, yeah, well, at least they, they're making something that's already made. So they're kind of following like a recipe here. Could, could be safe, you think? My could primary concern safer. is that like the writing from Bluber, especially as it deals with um, like mature human sexuality stories has been very rough. Um, and I think specifically Silent Hill 2 is probably not the story you give to that team. Um, but I, I, I understand why this is happening and I, I get it from a market point of view. Um, it's just as a personal taste, this this makes me quite concerned. Mm. I'm, with, I'm with James here. Ralph, what, what, what's your take on Bluber team? We, we have a fairly mixed... Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I know there's some people that are like, Bloober team are hacks, they're fucking terrible, and whatever. I, I don't think they're... I don't think they're great. I also... I, I think they're okay. You know, like, they're a fine developer. If you want to play a 7 out of 10 horror game, then they're your guys to do that. Uh, the mental health stuff, I totally get it. I have always just put that down to their ineptitude around these matters rather than any kind of, like, intent. Because some people are like, oh... They really, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, nah, they just, they probably just don't quite understand what they're dealing with. And they're trying to be deep and trying to tell a story, but they're just fucking it up, you know? So I give them the benefit of the doubt on that. But, you know, do I believe that these guys are the right ones to really capture the essence of Silent Hill and reinterpret it? No, I don't. I mean, the the mirror thing got a lot of, got, got roasted quite heavily, but the mirror thing matters. I'm sorry, but it does. Like you're talking about a very key it's like the key image of Silent Hill. That's like the mirror. shot. And yeah. if you can't get that right and really nail it, then you can't get... And the whole trailer that I watched, I was like, nah, man, you haven't found it. I just I hope I'm wrong. Hope the rest of it lands and whatever. But right now, looking at that trailer, I was very much like, nah, you guys haven't found it. So I think they're the devs that you get to remake the room. Silent Hill the room. That's what <laughs> um, Ouch. That's, that's rude. I actually didn't mind the room. That's a... No, I can't get where you're coming from. Sure. Yeah, that's a six out of ten. Uh, who would you say is who would you if you were in charge of this remake? Who would you get? Uh, Hideo board? Kojima and Guillermo Toro. Uh, let's get them on board, and we're fine. We're all problems <laughs> are solved. Right? It's just course correct. That's finally. right. We just go back to PT. 
Um, look, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm not as close to the horror scene. I, I'm sure mm. there is some really great horror developer out there From that is making... Um, half wrong is he I'm sure there's some developer out there that really knows that makes awesome horror shit and 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 like a composer and a writer and all these people can come together do I I don't know that entity off the top of my head I don't know those people off the Mm. top of my head I just know that I I just suspect strongly that Bloober is an entity maybe a small indie studio called Capcom yeah sure (laughs) sure but even then there's no way Capcom have no subtlety man they're just like They're uh, no, like it's, it's 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 schlocky yeah. B B grade horror stuff, and I love <laughs> it. It's fantastic. That's but the best part, though. It's uh, it's not that you know. Cool thing with Silent Hill Two remake is the original composer is uh, coming back. Mm. I believe uh, yeah, sure, I would yep, say yep. the name, but um, I'd butcher the shit out of it. Um, right, so the other quick announcements they did was Silent Hill Townfall, uh, which has been developed by Stories Untold uh, and Observation, an Observation Maker No Code alongside Anna Interactive. Uh, Annapurna Interactive. Annapurna Interactive. Uh, this one remains more of a mystery. Uh, they also got a new film, uh, which is Return to Silent Hill. James, you're the you're the film buff. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised that the director is coming back. I'm surprised that this is yes. billed as a, a return to Silent Hill because those films were. I mean, they, they happened. Um, I didn't mind I, the first I, one. I didn't mind it. Yeah, the first one I think is is a totally watchable, like fun little um, not great horror movie. And then that the second, second one, one is, is uh, yeah, bad. we don't talk about that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, odd choice. But I'm always down for a Silent Hill movie. I So, yeah. Is it concerning uh, that I listened to that, that thing where the director was talking and it was all just like concept pie in the sky, hopes and ambitions, but there wasn't any mention of what they actually want to do with the film? Kind of yeah. made me a little bit nervous, you know. It, all, it was all hyperbole and anyway, it's all iconography we'll and um and the hype. Yeah, exactly. Mm, we'll see. Not hype. Uh, we'll then we got Silent Hill Ascension, uh, is so which is described as a live real time interactive series in which players watch watch together as the story plays out. You can change outcomes uh, and be part of the scenes. Uh, there's a handful of companies involved. Expected 20, 2023 launch. And the other, the other big one was uh, Silent Hill F, which is a brand new game in the Silent Hill universe, uh, which is set in 1960s Japan and written by J- Japanese visual novel specialist Ryukishi 07. Seven. Yeah, you got it. This is the one that I'm like stoked about. Um, I, I don't, I mean, Neobars Entertainment uh, behind uh, the studio behind Resident Evil Resistance and Reverse is an interesting choice. Um, I'm choosing not to think about that because I would like to be hyped about what is uh, Silent Hill F's like marketing so far. Um, it looks really cool. I like the idea that we are trying to do something new with Silent Hill. Um, I think that these uh, you know classic horror franchises would do well to just push off into into fresh waters uh it worked for re7 i I would love if this was like their re7 cool all right uh any other thoughts on f no nice (laughs) (laughs) very nice uh i did see right before we went live that uh games radar put up a little news piece and that silent hill 2 remake is reportedly nearly done and really said it is expected soon You, you can go read that news if you want but yeah whoa uh it's uh, a big call. I'm trying to see if there's any sort of date mentioned here. Man, if it was, that would have been where the medium was so shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's no. really weird. Like, it's weird for them to do a showcase and not drop that release date because that would be 
you know, huge amount of hype behind it. So I don't know. That's that's an odd. So, that's an odd. So report. the opening. Uh, so the first, basically, the first paragraph here is this news is from uh, the game spoof by Mr. Rebs, who claims that Blueber Team president recently revealed that the Silent Hill remake, uh, two remake, has been in, in development for three years and has reached the late production stage, according to the original article. Uh, Bavino has stressed that the release date is uh, dependent on Konami, but we should get some kind of announcement on this soon, uh, some sort of information on this soon. I mean, three years isn't a long time, and late production is still in production. That's not in the like the final. Poli- yeah. well, it all depends on how they're they're labeling it. That could refer to their final polish and bug fest uh, mm. bug test phase. I don't know, but three years doesn't sound like a lot to really nail a Silent Hill remake. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. That's odd. We'll see. I guess. Mm. we will see oh, the next big thing was the resident evil showcase uh i don't have a wrap up this because i didn't find one shout outs to me for that um but basically we kicked off with i haven't watched this and i can't remember uh it was resident evil 7 the gold Winters. edition yeah and yeah. then the gold edition and then the new dlc which re- reviews are dropped for this uh ralph did you get a code or anything for this man i chased so hard to get when did the reviews drop Last night, Last I just night? saw. Did they? The for, the, for the Winter's DLC? Yeah. And then I oh, saw man. one six and was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. And I really missed. hustled for that and I wasn't able to yeah. get anything because I don't think nah. Australia got any. Like, nah, unless, no one, did Press Start do one? No, nah, I haven't seen anybody drop yeah, one. Yeah. I don't think Turn Left got any. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, their PR main person's changed hands. Yes. Um, yep. So, yeah. Uh, shout out to Kat, massive fan of the mm. uh, podcast. She, she's even been on the podcast thing. Has she? Times. Yeah, I love Kat. Yeah. She was great. Like, Once or twice uh, or something, yeah. Come back, um, Kat. We loved you. <laughs> I, mean, we I still actually did her, ask her that too. We still love her. We still love her. That's right. Um, yeah, so we kicked off with that, which that looks cool. And then the, th- then the, the third person mode for Village. I'm keen to play it through in third person, I think. Yeah. Pending yeah, time. Give, give it a crack. Uh, then we got... Reverse, which is actually out now in early access. I messaged James this morning, being like, I downloaded it because I went through the PlayStation Store. I was like, Reverse, download now, early access for Village owners. Yeah, sweet, download it. So I downloaded Village again. After work, I'm fucking scrolling through the menus. How do I fucking play Verse? It's not in like the options, <laughs> it's not anywhere else. Can't find anywhere. You know, people are playing it, right? And I'm like, whatever. Then there was a thread on like reset error. And I actually did have this thought. And I was like, eh, fuck it. I'll ask, how do I how do I access our reverse if I've got village? They're like, Oh, do you have a review key? Because apparently if you've got a review key, it doesn't give you access or early access apparently, which makes sense. Oh. Cause I, well, that's what I thought. I was like, maybe our keys are different. Um, yeah. So I haven't been so able weird. To, to try it, but apparently it's sucks, which is I mean, shocks. Nobody. What? <laughs> what? what? Well, how are they going to beat Re- the... Reverse sucks. Holy shit. How are they ever no one could have the seen that coming. Of, uh, of Umbrella Call, the best uh, Resident someone, Evil deleted. Someone in that comment thread, oh, I wish I I wish I'd kept it. Someone did read, uh, sorry to read, someone did say that they, uh, this makes Umbrella Corpse looks, looks, looks good or, or something like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Love it. Don't say that. Yeah. I'll try and find it. I probably won't try and find it. Uh, and then we got the, the next big thing. Oh. RE4 oh. remake. Wow. Wow. Uh, James, I know this is your is this your favorite game of all time? Uh no, that's Bloodborne. But it's it's like right up. Yes, Bloodborne's so there. good. For me, it's <laughs> Where's our remake two. of that? It's number two. Um <laughs> do we all sit pretty high on RE4? 
Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I, I was always actually more of a two and three guy, personally. That was my age. Oh, like, that's that's when I came yeah. to it. So I have actually never played it because I didn't actually start getting into RE until the RE2 remake. Mate, it's literally Ooh, on everything. Wow. It holds up. Like, you, you can very easily I, I, play it. I have heard, yeah. but now that with all this, I'm just like, I might as well I just wait. I it does, it though. I don't know if it does hold up, and I say that no, as someone who loves does. RE4. I played through I, it like last year. It's great. I played it. Try, I tried to play it a few weeks ago, or maybe like a couple months ago. Just Grow the not up. being able to shoot and move. Just <laughs> uh, actually, I did play with Anna, and you know what her. I thoughts. was about to say, was Anna yeah, there? Was she yeah. like? Was she? Yeah, yeah. she's taking the she, Mickey out of you. She brings it down. You know, I go. This is a ten out of ten banger, best game of all time. She's like, this is shit. So. <laughs> this, looks, this looks ancient. You enjoy this? Um, Silence, yeah. casual. What are you talking about? Is this, is this what you did as a as a teenager? You fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> this explains a lot. Yeah. She um, has proven that she's a taste maker, so we do listen to her. Mate, she is absolutely frothing. I was telling Ralph, she's frothing at the bit to play uh, God of War. So, um, she she's a woman of taste. She put me on hot coals when I told her that I gave the review code to uh, Kieran. She's like, what? What? Um, um, so, sorry, babe. You uh, got away. Uh, but no, RE4 remake looking incredible. Uh, James, what, what were you? What did you think? Were you blown away? Amazed? Uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit. Um, I, I think it's you know with these remakes, we often say um, you know these things look the way you remember the old one looking, uh, and I feel like this is a pretty good representation of that. It is. Um, it's like it's Resident Evil Four, but just gussied up. It's yassified, you know, like they they did they did the thing. Um, I really like the Ashley work so far from what I've seen. Mm. I think making her more of a fleshed out human being is a really great idea. Um, it just yeah, it looks great. Ada's there. It. It's, it's difficult at this point to say anything more than just it looks great because it does just look really, really great. Um, I'm definitely intrigued to get hands on with it because I would, I need to know that it feels as good as, as RE4 felt, um, you know, relative to the time. So, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I would I, say it's I have bad news on that front because I did RE2. see like the day after the uh, showcase that there's like this dog that's stuck in a, a bear trap or something in the game in the original mm-hmm. that you can rescue. And when you get there in uh in the remake, he, he's already passed away. So I'm, I am reliably informed that that is a fake out, and that the it dog is? will be fine. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, insight. I love this. Um, no, I'm very, very, very keen. I think that uh, yeah, the whole thing looks Honestly, great. I, I think they've they do remakes. The, uh, the, the, the chainsaw parry with the pistol. That that's that's sold Mate, me entirely. It's, the roundhouse kick, school? man. Didn't I cheered. Yeah. Yes. Didn't yeah. you learn that? If, if, if you know how good those suplexes are going to look? Cool. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck off, mate. He'll, they'll look so good. He'll be in WWE, what are we, 2024? 20, <laughs> That's right. 23, no, whatever the fuck sure. it is. Um, no, I'm keen. Very, very excited. Uh, what do you think of Lewis? Um... Uh, fine. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't necessarily um, begrudge them making him less attractive. It's a strange choice, but sure. You know, um, I was more upset by the uh, merchant voice change. Mm-hmm. That is, um, yeah, unfortunate. But. It's a bummer. I even wore my merchant shirt oh, for you. Look sure. at that. Great taste, right there. Yeah. Um, Beautiful. Yeah, I thought it was, I was. I got. I got when Kieran. Can I, can I say this on the pod? Oh fuck, I'm doing it. Uh, when Kieran interviewed the RE4 dude in Tokyo. He's like, send me some questions. So I was sending him a few and I'm like, ask about the merchant voice actor. Like, are we going to get the same lines? <laughs> is it going to be the same actor? And apparently they didn't, didn't buy it. I'm didn't, uh, and this, this explains why. Mm. Yeah. Outrage. Yep. Scandal. Asking the real questions. Let's boycott it. 
Yeah. I, I, I might. Um, <laughs> no, it looks very cool. Uh, Ralph, you're keen, I assume. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it looks um, looks fantastic. As you said, it looks like we remember it. And that's uh, mm. that's kind of the best thing you can say about it. So just interesting to contrast the reception to this, to the reception to Silent Hill, which is, you know, they mm. were like less than a week apart. And it was just like euphoria and cheering uh, for Resident Evil. And it was just kind of like, hmm, for Resident for Silent Hill. So, um, no, I think yeah. Capcom really know what they're doing. They've, you know, obviously remade everything to this point. They're just on fire. They have been for the last five years plus. Yeah, Dino Crisis and, fucking um, Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, that's it. Well, that's the thing is, though, what have you got next? Code Veronica. You're not going to remake 5 or 6. Fuck that. No, right? No. So then it's like, it has to be Dino Crisis. It absolutely has to be. Because <laughs> once you run out of Resident Evil games to remake, that's no. the next one. They're going to start remaking so, the remakes. It's got to be a house. Yeah. It's got to be... Are we doing like Outbreak and shit? <laughs> you know what? A modern my, Outbreak don't, don't would be great. Don't steal my content ideas. Article going up very soon. Uh, oh, yeah. It, sh- it should be that. No, I you're mean, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Don't, don't, I mean, don't you dare. Mm, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I mean, so, Sekiro's come along and done its thing uh, now. And yeah, I mean, obviously very, very different. But mm, still. Yeah, sure. I'm with you, Zach. The, um, yeah. the Silent Hill 2 remake comparison, I, I think, is really interesting because um, the way that Capcom have gone about remaking these Resident Evil games is obviously there's also a shift in art direction as well. Like, not mm. just fidelity, but, like, they have reimagined what this would look like sort of now. And then I look at the screenshots in the trailer for that Silent Hill 2 remake, and it just feels like a stark lack of imagination in terms of reinterpreting that yes, for um, exactly. a, a audience. Um, yeah. Yep, yep, 100%. Uh, yes, this is March 24, I think, next year. We've got a collector's yeah. edition. I don't know if we're getting it. It hasn't been any um, uh, any pricing or all that yet, but um, I think we're getting it. I'm trying to... I looked on EB Games the whole time. There was no word. Yeah. Uh, I'm sniffing around some uh, some sources to try and get some info. Um, that's, pretty, yeah, that's pretty much it. So now we're just going to... Well, yeah, we'll go into off-topics and... I can finish off basically, but uh, anybody watched or seen anything before? Uh, mate, the Ralph, the best of this podcast is yet to come. All right, uh, all right. So, so got, before uh, we move very on, I did briefly then. discuss it last week, but now that I have Ag- uh, Nathan and James here, up. the Thanks Halo TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I have never been so conflicted with a show because it is both good and terrible at the same time. What? Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. Yeah. What? Yep. yep, I'm in that boat. <laughs> Because, like, if, if I look at it outside of being a Halo fan, I can enjoy it. But the second I look into any of the lore and the deeper implica- implications of it, I go, why the fuck are they retconning everything in every episode? But it's not <laughs> set in the same universe. I don't know. It just, it just feels like... Yeah. A, it's an adaptation. It's what you do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just wasn't a fan of some of it. But, like, some of it, you like, the, the, the Covenant stuff was awesome. Like, they, they look great. That final fight... Is just yeah, fantastic. It's so yeah, sick. That's where and, they saved their budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just the, the first person perspective is like, it also just gave me a, uh, just reminded me of the that shitty old Doom movie with The Rock, where like the um, yeah, only good scene moment. was the first yeah. person scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah so much better. That. Uh, but like, I like some of the ideas, but I, I kind of feel like uh, it would have been difficult, but a uh, series would have been better off if they focused on like something like an ODST, Helljumper Squad, or. One of the other. You love ODST, don't you? Everyone loves ODST. Everyone, yeah. 
Thank you. Everyone yeah. <laughs> I, I just have no idea why they bothered with that magical storyline only to cut it out half. Unbelievable. Oh, what an. The whole production was such was a sad. fucking <laughs> amateur hour affair. I reckon if you gave us the budget or even just a fraction of it, like the five of us, we'd make a way better show than that on our iPhones. For real. It was fucking <laughs> terrible. Oh my God. You know, it's yeah, bad that, like, I, every time there was a magical focus thing, I just went in my focus oh, and looking God. at things. And from yeah. people sometimes from it's from an entire that, episode. Yeah. Yes. From people that watched like the thing without getting distracted, they described it as well as I can because it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Truly astoundingly bad. Yeah, you love to hate it. But I, I do think it is a good entry point for, for newcomers. So they can kind of get the, the intrigue, but then they get the good stuff when they try the games and the books. For, for the visual folks, uh, Ralph is absolutely appalled <laughs> yeah. to be here. Anyone that hasn't disgust. played Halo, for the love of God, do not let that be your first Halo experience. <laughs> no, 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 Jesus Christ, thing. I you can't get, imagine anything worse. You get the bad out of the way, then you get the good after. No, that's not how it works when it comes to <laughs> trying new things. <laughs> like, you should watch the Rings of Power first before watching the Lord of the Rings. Like, no, that is not a thing. Well, he's getting controversial now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, speaking mm. of shows, has anybody watched anything uh, the I'm past couple weeks? Right after this, I'm going to oh, finish actually. off House of the Dragon. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Also, yes. James, I did finish that. Because mm. you Go. mentioned it to me off podcast when we first spoke, mm-hmm. I started watching Demon Slayer and I could not be any less interested in the story of that show. It's... It's such a nothing first season. I, I have not gone back to it since then because I, I, I think it's entirely aesthetics first and um, that's not, about it. That, that's completely I, I okay. That, it's, it's yeah, just, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I just think the hype around it is is way overblown given what it is. The kids are relatively charming. Like, I, I get the appeal of it. It's just nowhere near, like, the anime. Um, There's nothing to sink your teeth into, is there? No, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Let's talk the- House of the Dragon. I watched the Watcher. Terrible. What is Nothing. it? What is it? It is a show with Naomi Watts and Ooh. a guy. Someone it's another the... Ryan Murphy show, isn't it? Yes, it is oh, Ryan no. Murphy. Um, yeah, look, you're just shitting them out, mate. <laughs> Fortnite after Fortnite. <laughs> it's, it's based on um, like, a, like true events. So there was this house in like New Jersey where the homeowner was getting threatening letters. Um, I don't know how much of it is real, how much of it is, you know, you know, creative freedom. But in the show, basically house comes up for sale. People from the city like move out to the burbs, dream house. Yep. Cool. Sweet. Buy it. Move in. Letters are coming. They're fucking shit scared. They're suspecting everybody like in the neighborhood. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Yeah. Just a bit fucking bum. Actually, <laughs> just a bit bum. Just a bit fucking bum. <laughs> well, that's a glowing uh, review from Zach. <laughs> but I want to start. I want to start Gangs of New York season. No, no, Gangs of, New York, Gangs of London. Sorry. Yeah, season you do. Two. Uh, season They're making a Gangs of New York TV show, by the way. Did you hear that? They are indeed. Are yeah, nice. Nice. And Scorsese is directing it, which that's pretty oh, wild. Yeah. Wow. yeah. If he's nice. still kicking, yeah. I know, right? That's what I thought. I thought this command retired with the Irishman, but apparently he's still going. So yeah. Solid. Uh, I think that's all I've watched this week. I think, yeah. All right. Uh, Couple of things. Did you want to talk yeah. your show, or do you want to save it for next week when the series is finished? It's finished. Yeah, I know, but Ralph, sorry, Ralph hasn't watched. Oh it, yeah, so. no. Well, all, all I'll say is I'm, I'm in. I'm, I'm invested. Game of Thrones cool. is back. 
Cool. That's all I can say. Anything else is I, I, Have you found this series to be as good as season one of Game of Thrones, for example? I will quickly just say I appreciate that it's more focused. Sure. That it's more centered on a very uh, engrossing ensemble. And therefore, it's much easier to keep track of all the different threads. We're not we're not spanning a continent this time. We're sort of a bit more centrally focused. So I'm following it a bit 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 easier. I'm I'm enjoying the fact that it's also far more female led. I think they're doing a terrific job on that point. Uh, females don't necessarily always have the best representation in Game of Thrones. So I feel like they're, they're being a bit bolder here. And, I, mean, and that's I don't I'm know saying. about that. I don't think that's true. I think Arya was obviously uh, one of the heroes of that series. And yeah, but she wasn't Sansa a big power broker. Say again? She's not, she's not quite a power broker. We got the, the women here, are, they're power brokers, you know. But I mean, gangster. Cersei was one of the most powerful first forces in that, in that first thing. She was absolutely a power broker. She was also just this malevolent evil, so... <laughs> Uh, so yeah. for, for me it really shows just having women behind the camera more so than what's going on in front of it um, I, I think just that bit of diversity in the creative process of the show has resulted in a show that is you know not shying away from like the horrors of what happens to women in this world but is at least a that's little less mean spirited about it than I think the original run of Game of Thrones was which but, you know like for all of its like uh, pros and like everyone loves that show up until a certain point of course but like it was it delighted in the way it treated women horribly sometimes. Um, well, and I think that shifting from that is not bad. To inject a counterpoint that I have seen amongst the discourse on all this, I have read mm. many a, fem- a female perspective that says that uh, all of its politics are needless. Uh, its gender politics are needless because it's all just made up and you don't need to have all of the sexism right. inherent in our real world. Mm. And it becomes this almost male fantasy because it still exists there when it doesn't have to and uh and uh, you know furthermore that obviously that first scene that scene at the end of uh episode one Mm. i know quite Mm. quite a few people like women i spoke to are like yo i'm not down with the rest of this show now i'm done with this so Mm -hmm. i do think i do hear what you're saying i think there's also another perspective um with relation to how this breaks but that's okay because it's you know it's content it's an art form it's it's whatever people are going to receive it in different ways I mean, the fact that we can at least have that conversation, I think, is is interesting, um, you know, that it, it is trying to do something and it's, you know, like you said, if it breaks a certain way or if it doesn't, um, that's fascinating in and of itself, so. Yeah. Andor is still really good. That's my show. For I've me. heard that's sick. Oh, I'm really keen for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to make time for that. Everyone's like, this I'm, is the I'm best Star Wars since forever. Yeah. yeah right. not, not long now. Cool. I watched the new Hellraiser. Yeah. The new Hellraiser? Were they got a female lead? Did you ever? Did you? Did you ever watch Hellraiser, Zach? Uh the original. Yeah, it's the old yeah. man with the pins in his head. Yeah, the needle. It is indeed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've done <laughs> a remake, remake slash sequel. I don't know what what you call that, but anyway, it was mm. probably the best, like best instance or rendition of Hellraiser I've seen. Like it, it fulfilled what I wanted out of a Hellraiser mm. film. So there's a lot of nasty. Uh, you know, Cenobites doing fucked up shit. The protagonist was, you know, quite easy to follow, quite entertaining. And uh, yeah, it wrapped up quite well. Like it was an entertaining, I think it was almost like two hours though. So maybe it went a little longer than I would have liked. Mm. But I'd rate it. Nice. All right. Before we sign off, uh, this segment that everyone stays on for the hour and, hour and a half to listen to. Here he goes. 90s film of the week. James, can you uh, oh. give us our intro music oh, no i already i already have the clip i just insert it now 
Jordan. Oh, really? <laughs> intro. Yeah, I, I, oh, I, I clipped was, it. So if you listen you... to last week, I actually chucked that little soundbite in. Yeah. Can you sing it so s- I'm getting the mood, please? Yeah, of course yeah, I can. I, I can give you a live rendition, but I was going to start go. experimenting at some point as well. But uh, for please now, do. it's time for no, 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 90s film of the week. Nice. Uh, so, <laughs> so, Ralph is here, I was like, I've got to yeah. do two. I've got to, I've got to get Ralph's approval for nineties film of the week. <laughs> and I know this guy loves RoboCop, so I'm like, all right, what, what's an easy, an easy choice here is Judge Dredd, the original. Sure. Junk, junk film. But I was like, eh, it's you know, it's similar. So I was like, all right, what's, what's a good film that can maybe get Ralph's approval? And I landed on. Demolition Man. Oh, good choice. Excellent so, choice. So, Very well uh, done, man. If you've, if you've not... I actually own the Blu-ray to that too, so... There <laughs> you is go. that your disc wallet or...? That is not... No, because the Blu-rays are still in their case. They, have, they, have, they haven't... I haven't got to the stage where I've gone, eh, I'm not going to do all these Blu-rays. Um, so, yeah, Demolition Man from 1993 with Stallone uh, and Wesley Snipes. It is rated 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Injustice. Shouldn't have, got, the, should have got at least 7% more. The um, <laughs> synopsis goes, uh, with innocent victims caught in, a, in the crossfire in Los Angeles, intensifying war on, sorry, in Los Angeles, intensifying war on crime, both cop John Spartan, Sylvester Stallone, and violent thug uh, Simon Phoenix, Wesley Snipes, are sentenced to a state of frozen incarceration known as Cairo prison. Uh, when Spartan is finally thawed 36, 36 years Cryo, later. Not Cairo. Did I say Cairo? Sorry, Cairo. Yes. Um, I mean, it could be in Egypt. You never know. <laughs> uh, it's 2032 and Los Angeles is now a pacifist utopia called San Angeles. Uh, with Phoenix again on the loose, Spartan must team up with future cop Lenina, uh, Sandra Bullock, to apprehend the killer. Uh, cool film. 1993. Uh, yeah. Legendary sex scene. Legendary. Is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's going to be, that, uh, be our intro for the week, just legendary sex scene. <laughs> that's right. Anyone hasn't... Uh, it's the safest uh, sex scene Google you can do on all of YouTube, by the way. If anyone hasn't uh, done that one, make sure you check out Demolition Man sex scene. Uh, it is very safe for work, I promise you. I'm not and, being ironic, um, by, by the way. It actually is. And it's Pizza Hut's best mention in any film ever. <laughs> Uh, and also given us the best use of shells um, that you can uh, that you can have. <laughs> uh, I don't remember shells. Remember the, they're the three shells when you go to take take a shit. You got to use the the three. Oh, shells, that's right. Yes, yes, of course. And yes. Big oh slides like what's going on with the three shells? What's the what's the deal oh, here? That's anyway, so good. Good film. Uh, you can, according to this, you can watch it on. So you can rent it and buy it on uh, Prime Video and Apple TV. But on Google, it did say that you can watch it on Foxtel Go if you have a premium sub- subscription. Um, yeah, Foxtel. And binge, is there any of you subscribed to Foxtel? No, no. bro. Has there, is it, no. It's only our parents that have subscribed to Foxtel <laughs> yeah. at this point, right? Is That's correct, isn't it? It's a generational divide. When they go, the Foxtel reason, goes. The only reason I, I have, have it on my phone is because they have a subscription that I use. There you go. See, yeah, that's I got it. one mate who's still got a subscription, but because he doesn't want to let go of uh, Fox Sports. That's yeah. it, sport. Yeah. yeah, but then there's the KO, or whatever it is now that you just, can get. He's like, ah, uh, yeah, 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 but sure. Yeah. Anyway, cool. All right, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Well Played DLC podcast, Ralph. Thank you so much for being on it. It's 
it was a privilege to uh to share this this space with you uh pleasure to be here gentlemen i had a great time that's good i'm uh, glad thank to hear. you uh yeah we'll you can check out ralph's then. review you can check out all the stuff we've spoken about on www.world-play.com.au ralph's uh, channel skill up on youtube you'll find it much easier than you will our website you probably find a <laughs> golfing website if you search well played um, <laughs> i found a consulting website as well there's you know. a business consulting oh, no, that, that's well actually played, us so. um okay right there you go nice yeah uh yeah cool thank you for listening and we'll see you next week bye. ciao bye bye